Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. Top studio, Boomer Sizing, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network, and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Friday morning, it is a feel-good Friday, last night I had it, I am, I'm now done, I have to mentally check out of the Knicks, at least for a little bit, they're down a million points in the first quarter, there is no hope for the Julius Randle injury, OG Ananobi's doing some basketball activities without contact, I know they fought, I know they came back a little bit, but Bogdanovich and Burks, it's not working outside of that one game with Bogdanovich hitting a bunch of threes, and now all hope has been sucked out of me with this team, all of it, and... It happens with every team I root for. You get a taste, and then the second you start to believe, it gets ripped right out of you. Every time. The Mets a couple of years ago, the 101-win season, you believe they go down to Atlanta, get their asses kicked. And then the Padres come in, kick their ass again. Then the next year's a mess. The Minnesota Vikings have this 13-win season, and the New York Giants went in and beat their ass in a playoff game. And now the Knicks, after the Ananobi trade, are flying. Championship caliber. Nobody can beat them. And then everybody on the team gets hurt. They're going to be in the play-in. Why? Let's not even talk about the football teams that I don't root for around here. Or the New York Jets. God damn. Think about being a Jet fan on top of all this. It's enough already. It's enough. 
God for the Rangers, for God's sakes. We'll see if they do something. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Happy Feel Good Friday. Uh, got a soft toe flying start. Man, I feel really good. And I'm so excited today because I got my March-April edition of Baseball Digest. So while you're, you know, uh, pissing and moaning over there, I'm going to be over here reading about whip and war and, oh. you know, what I think my team is going to do this right, year. Right, right. I mean, yeah, the, uh, I mean New honestly. The Mets who are not even trying to win this year right, in 2024. Right, Great. Right, let's just, add them just, to the list. Just, just please calm down for five seconds. Take a breath. Take a breath. Please. Big breath. Huh. Breathe in. Uh. Another one. All right. All right. So in through the nose, out through the mouth. Right. It actually sounds like you're pretty clear. Yeah, man. You know, I was I was inspired too by this congestion pricing. Oh, come hearing on. Hearing yesterday. What now? I was inspired by that. People yelling and screaming, fighting, fighting for the rights of us commuters. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I saw somebody yelling there, and I was like, you know what? That's the guy that should be like in the face of these athletes. Exactly. Yes, just he, like you, just like you started this show. He needs to be this guy, Raul Rivera. He's got to go into that Knicks locker room and he's got to deliver that speech, and he's got to say, you know. OG Ananobi and Julius Randle, they might not walk through that door right now, but you're the guys that are healthy. You're the ones that have to do it. And Lucifer is, <laughs> is waiting for you. You'll understand that reference in a little bit when we play this audio. But I have to say, I have to say, look, we were talking about the Knicks. We were talking about their next six games. We were talking about get try to just stay around 500. So they've lost the first two of those next six games. Yep. And now comes a, a game at Cleveland on Sunday. Then they have Atlanta and Orlando and Philadelphia at home for the next four games after that. So, I mean, look, uh, I don't know when Ananobi's going to come back, uh, but <laughs> these last two performances, if, if they're not hitting threes, they don't have a shot. I think like they've transformed themselves into like a bomb squad. Yeah, I mean, you saw Bogdanovich hit all those threes. The one game he played really good. They win that game. Obviously, he struggled last night. Didn't look like he was comfortable coming off the bench. And, I mean, there will be in that stretch that you're talking about, yep. if you go all the way to the, let's just say, the the first game of the West Coast swing, yep. all the way into mid-March, yep. there will be favored in two of those games. I That's it. No, listen, I'm Atlanta not, and Portland. I know you come in here and you're angry this morning. I mean, and I, look, uh, I mean, this is what I'm watching last night. Yeah. 17 to 4. I know. I mean, I know. I, and I know they didn't lay down completely, and they did fight back and made a couple runs. I will give them credit for that. But when you're worried about your team, and we're talking about this couple days going in, how they need to have these games, they've got to keep themselves afloat, and then it's 17 to 4 at home? And you still got no positive update yeah, I, about Julius yeah. Randle? All I can tell you is that you just got to hold on until the season is over. You know, the Rangers went through this as well. Uh, they went through like a downturn, a little bit yeah, of a Panarin swoon. Panarin and Zabinijad weren't hurt. Yeah, I understand. You know? But but uh, Shesterkin was not playing great. And, you know, that was worrying everybody. And then all of a sudden, February comes around, everybody's healthy, and he starts playing the way that we all know that he can play. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand your, your angst. I, I, I told you that this was going to happen. So I got, I was prepared. You didn't think they're going to lose like this. I was, I would, well, no, I didn't think it was going to be 17 to four at one point, but I, I will say that I don't see where they win another game until they at least get Ananobi back. 
I know they'll, they'll beat Atlanta because Trey Young's not playing. For, they'll beat Atlanta. Oh, it better yeah. be. It's a home game against the Atlanta Hawks. I, I, Jalen I, Brunson's out there. They're winning that game. But they're they're uh, Cleveland. I don't think they're beating. Orlando always kills them. Then they got the the two games against Philadelphia, which I don't feel great about when they're not a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean they they are. It's a and then comes the West Coast swing. So they could have went to what uh, did they get as high as three in the standings? They might have for a little bit, but and now they look. They may because of these injuries and because of where they are and because of how close everybody is to each other. They're a game and a half out of the eight seed. I know that. Yeah. I mean, and then the Miami Heat are playing well. Yeah, I think they lost. And that's who in the eight they seed. Lost they lost to the Nuggets last night, right. but that's no surprise. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's how packed in tight it is right there. And and you've got all these other teams that, that are, you know, when the Knicks were healthy, those other teams didn't scare me. I mean, even Miami, the way that they were playing early on, none of them scared me. You know, except for you think about if the if the Bucks got their crap together in the Celtics, wasn't scared of the Cavs, wasn't scared of the Seventy Sixers without Embiid. The the Magic have really had the Knicks number, but still put them in a playoff series with a healthy Knicks team. Forget it. The Knicks are going to be favored. They're going to win. Pacers, Heat, Bull. No. Nothing. But now that they're about full strength, every one of those teams is better than they are. I know, but you know, this these sports are not for the fan of heart. I don't know how many times I gotta tell you that. Yeah, I know, but I gotta can't. suck it up and just deal with it, and then hopefully in about two to three weeks, they'll find their game again. You know, like right now they you could see you could just say like they didn't shoot well last night, but you could just see how like they're all kind of looking around, waiting for somebody to do something, and even as good as Jalen Brunson is, I mean He's got to have his wingmen, and those wingmen need to be there because then it extends the bench, and then all of a sudden you have a double wave of essentially two groups of starters. Yes, and and, and everything would be great if they were healthy, but they're not. But they're and not. It's just, um, it's just amazing that injuries again. I mean, how many times, whether it's baseball or football with Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones and the Yankees and the Mets and Edwin Diaz and Aaron Judge and now Julius Randle and OG Anano. It's on and on and on. So if you had an all-star team of injured players over the last, let's just say the last two years, and you combined all the sports teams around here. Oh, my God. It'd be, it'd be it the be best players on every team outside of the hockey teams, right? I mean, th- mm. so... Let's really break this down. Let's go back break, to break it down. Let's go back to last year baseball season. Feel good All Friday, right. baby. Feel good Friday. No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm, it will be a feel good Friday. I'll get into it, but I'm I'm sorry. There's no positive spin with the Knicks right now. None. So if you go back to last baseball season, Edwin Diaz done before the season starts. Then Pete Alonso ends up getting hurt, and then he goes on this extended uh, IL, and then comes back, takes him a little while to get going, ends up having a good season. But still, those are two humongous stars. Justin Verlander started the season on the IL. Max Scherzer got hurt again. So you got all of those guys. Quintana, who they brought in, hurt. And he had it took him months to come back. All right, the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge missed a massive amount of time with a toe injury, foot injury, that really knocked the entire, took the wind out of the sails for the Yankees completely. And they missed the playoffs. All right. Football season. Thank God there's football season. Aaron Rodgers, four plays in. Achilles, done. Daniel Jones, after a $40 million contract, out for the year. Saquon Barkley, who's who's complaining about a contract, he's out for three or four weeks. I mean, it's nuts. And now you're here, and you got the Knicks. 
Okay, Jalen Brunson misses a game here. Thank God he's been relatively healthy. Julius Randle may not come back. OG Ananobi comes in. Oh, the roster's perfect. What a great trade. He gets surgery. It's crazy. So outside of the hockey teams where you look at the best players on those teams, you know, whether it be, you know, Panarin or Zabinajad or Jack Hughes or Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, the goaltenders, Sorokin and Shesterkin, those are the only teams that stay healthy. Think about it. Well, the Devils have had some injuries. But they're all right. But okay. All right. You, you understand yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah, right? I understand your point, but I, I, I know you're trying to you know, ruin our feel good Friday with this negativity. <laughs> I'm not it's just unbelievable, to ruin it. man. I'm telling you, I'm you came in here. I know I didn't even talk to you before the show, and I'm I just I had a feeling. It. I had a feeling. I was thinking about texting you last night. I'm not trying. When the Knicks were at seventeen to four, and I was like, you know what? If I if I start texting him now, uh, I'll be texting all night long, and and I like to put the phone down. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I was not going to get into it. I wanted to yell at Wally, too, but I, I decided not to. Yeah, I, listen, I'll, I'll, I, will, I will come back. I will slowly ease my way uh, from where I am now into a good place. Because I always talk about you know, that <clears throat> Friday, you know, leaving work after a great week. We've had a really fun week, different things going on. The dogs were here. The Schwartzes were here. It was just really a good week. Ended up playing golf twice. It's been a great week. Yes, it has So, been. like, I just needed, I needed to, like, lance the boil here this morning. Get it out of me. And then I could slowly build myself back up. Because, you know, I've said many times, that Friday happy hour with your friends at, like, a 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Nothing beats it. Oh, that first sip of alcohol, a couple yeah. laughs. <laughs> I mean, I have it perfectly. Yeah, perfect. Two o'clock. Yeah. I got a two to four spot. You go out, you laugh with your friends, you go back home, you're you're home with your family for dinner for the rest of the night, and everything is phenomenal. There's then nothing how come, than then that. how come I get mean Geo? I told you, you I needed your, to get it out of here. Your friends get nice and fun, Geo, and I get mean Geo. Well, I'll tell you why. Because if I held in my annoyance about what happened last night, then I wouldn't be fun Geo for the rest of the day or the rest of the show. Okay. I would just be you know how people like they bury their emotions and it comes out in unhealthy ways? Well, I just had to get it out of me. All right, so you have your emotions out there now. They're yes. raw, they're emotional, yes. they're uh, they're they tend to be negative though. There's a little anger in there. I, I, is but, it negative or is it realistic? About, I was thinking about these injuries last night. Like, why us? Like, can somebody stay healthy? <laughs> and you can make a case that these are like if you pick the worst players to get hurt outside of Jalen Brunson, like the worst players to get hurt, the two quarterbacks, the MVP. The best closer in baseball, the best hitter on the team. I know, I know. I. It's insane. It is insane. It's insane. <laughs> you, you're letting, you're, I'm telling you, man. You just we gotta get get through the season. You know that. They just gotta hang in there. They gotta hang in there as best they can. They got you know the the one thing you gotta stay away from in the NBA, in my humble estimation. Is you got to stay away from those three game losing streaks because now three turns into four, four turns into five, five turns into six. There's a malaise that takes over. There's a lack of confidence. There's poor shot selection. Uh, the coach is trying to mix and match different people, put the play together, and all of a sudden, you know, things start going haywire, and then you start dropping like a hot rock. So the. the I don't know what to tell you other than after watching that performance last night that this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. I think we need to start feeding the athletes in this town the farmer's dog. That's what I think. Get them healthy, get them strong, extend their lives. That's really what I think needs to happen. 
I, oh what, my God. what is is there? I know that we have more teams here and and a lot of stars because it is New York. But can like find me another city that has this many high profile injuries that have derailed seasons over the last couple of years? You can't. Well, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers one you was can't tip do it. was like that. That is that's as bad. That's, that's as the bad number one. That is about as bad as I. At least Benny Testaverde played like a half, didn't he? <laughs> I forget exactly when that happened. But I yeah. mean, the first series. On the fourth play or the third play, whatever. It was, it was. a, yeah, what, was or it? maybe the, I don't remember, maybe the fifth play, the fourth play, whatever. He was done. That was it. Sat there on his butt and it was over. And, and it's, this is the, like, even if you are a fan of the Mets or the Yankees and things are going well, you're just waiting for another injury. That's what you're waiting for, especially in baseball. I mean, oh, I, what I didn't mention was, all right, the Mets don't go out and have a, Great offseason, but they got some players. Kodai Senga had a really good oh, first here year. here we go. Yeah, here we he go. comes back, bang, he's got capsule injury in his shoulder. I mean, it is, it's sick. It's it's like, it's it's borderline sickening how many injuries that, that the New York athletes have had. And that's why you're into this guy that went in front of the congestion pricing hearing yesterday <laughs> because that guy let it out and let it go. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we should do that. I think we should do that at, at 6:45. Thinking that uh, we have a lot of uh, commuters in the car at that time. Yeah, and I want I want more time to talk about him because we're getting we're getting close to the the break here and I want <laughs> I believe it's Raul Rivera. I want to yeah. give him the the proper time and respect um to to really play his and I think there's a, there's one word that needs to be bleeped you, you, out as well. You, you do know that these hearings don't mean anything. They meant something to me. I, I know that. It I meant, mean, it meant something to me, too, when you showed me. But I, I'm just saying. It's not going to change anything. It's not, they're already putting up the, you know, all the electronics and everything. They're, this thing is just a, it's a joke. It's basically they're saying, look, man, it's, it's coming whether you like it or not. This is the beyond- black hole of the MTA needs to be filled. You know, in in my uh, in my forties now, I'm trying to be more mature, more of an adult. You know, yeah, I can do, tell. Do these things. So I'm gonna this is I'm gonna use this as a teaching point for myself, because I had you know not every day you're gonna get good news, not every day. And on a feel good Friday, you got to fight through it, just like the Knicks have to fight through the injuries. We got to find some so, good news. Yes. So so yesterday, there's legs and arms strewn about Suffolk County. That's good. Disembodied limbs. So I got that. Gang then I turn on. You. Then I turn on the Nick game. They mm. can't compete because everybody's hurt. Okay. Then I see this congestion pricing thing. Even though we got a hero in Raul Rivera, there's other people going. Hey, there's too many people to cross work. I'm trying to work my chitsu and I can't. <laughs> and then I wake up. I get in the car. I got I got CeeLo doing the overnight. The Go Buchanan Go guys on there for four minutes straight. Just talking and talking and talking. So uh, if you're CeeLo, you're sitting in, just let the guy go, man. Yeah, but that... Eat up some time. He's he's calling. He says that Al is uh, one of the Smothers brothers. He said that. And he said... He's like... he's like, And he knows. He knows that I know. He knows that I'm listening and I know it's him. Because then he references me, too. Like, in two minutes into the call, he's like, Yeah, Gio's probably going crazy right now. And I was. <laughs> and I'm texting CeeLo like, This is the Buchanan guy! Get him off! Get him off! <laughs> You shouldn't be texting and driving. I was, you do the voice thing. Oh, you, you, okay. Buchanan. That's what I did. I just went like this. Buchanan. <laughs> 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 then send it, send it to Zillow. 
Ugh. That's amazing that, that that guy would know that you are in the car listening, and he's just trying to get underneath your skin. And it worked. And, well, and then, then now I understand what 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 went on this morning on your way in and just how annoyed you were, and then on top of everything that's been going on with the Knicks and the injuries, and then this is what I get. You this gotta is what fight I have it. to deal with. So, well, you have to fight through it. So that's what I'm saying, and I, I am. I'm fighting through it. So here's a couple positive things. I've gotten that out of my system. We're turning the page. Okay. Yesterday's yesterday. Nice. The commute in with the Buchanan guy, that's that's in the past. It's okay. all in the past. Good. The windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Yes, it is. And February is over. Right? We are we now are in the Ides of out, March. We are out of the worst month of the year. It was a leap year, so we had an extra day. Which is a whole godforsaken other- month. <laughs> And we had we and we even had a, a you know we were out of here for a long time eight days but it still felt like February was like three months and we weren't even here the entire time but February sucks in the past now we're March at the end of this month baseball and then April and March Madness and everything else so we are we are right there we're knocking on knock knock knocking on the door at the end of the month baseball man that's right See you this? guys. Why do they still send us these these magazines? Oh, I love these magazines. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You are so <laughs> full of it. You do. What do you mean? The ba- you, you baseball digest. You thumbing well, through. Well, it's either this or Evan's new book. Oh yeah, I'm happy for Evan. I hope he sells a ton of books, makes some money. I'm. Uh, he's he's dying his beard now and shaving half of it to get out of his bet. What? Yeah, I heard that. He can't yesterday. do that. He says no, they, no, 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 no. He no, said no. a way to get out of the bet was he thought it was a fair trade. They negotiated it with everybody on the show that if he dyed his beard a different color for fifteen straight shows, so three weeks of shows, and then on opening day shaved half of his beard off and had a half beard, half regular face, and went to Mets games and went to opening day like that, that that would allow him to get out of the bet. Oh, real? Well, that, that is pretty significant because he looks ridiculous now. I mean, he would really look ridiculous then. Yeah. And by the way, I do think there is one of his books in their studio, Al. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just picking it up for me, I, I'll peruse it uh, during the break and, and see. what I know the book is about baseball, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, it's about him. It's all the games that he that he scored. Over the years, like his his favorite games that he scored and the memories and the stories behind it. So you have the game in there, the, the him scoring it, and then the story behind it. For example, he he called me last year to get some details about a game that we saw, me, Joe, and Evan, in L.A. And he wanted to make sure the details were right oh, okay. about like an earthquake and all this other stuff. <laughs> and What's up? And the weed smoking. There's no pictures. Like in the middle, how you put pictures? In there's the no place? photo there's break. No, there's no photo oh, break or nothing. That's a uh, lot of words. There's a lot, there's a lot of words. A lot it's of a words. Book. But you know, he does have, instead of pictures, he's got a score sheet. He's got, yeah, he's got them. They put them in there. So instead of the pitches, he's got some score sheets for you. Yeah. You could have done both. You could have had a section in the middle with uh, glossies of Evan at Mets games. My Mets Bible by Evan Roberts. Yeah. So this is a good time to announce my book, How the Mets Ruined My Life. (laughs) (laughs) You have your score sheets. (laughs) No, they burned them all in a bonfire. Good for Evan, man. No, I think it's great. I mean, the thing's heavy. Feel how heavy that book is. Yeah, I know. I got to find that one one, uh, game that... uh, Oh, look, there's curses in here. Are you effing kidding me? Okay. Look at that. Evan. Oh, there you go. I opened it right up to that page. There's my name. The Ryan Church game. Greg Giannotti. I'm in the book. Let's go. There you go. I have to go go back and read that. 
I'll see if he actually went for the, the truth of that day. Because I told him, go for the truth. It's fine. Go for it. I know we usually don't book authors, but do you think that... Nah, let's not do that. Well, we'll think about it. We'll see. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm promoting the book as it is right now. Yeah. We could have him on, talk about that experience that we had. I think that was a good one. I got to see how he wrote about it. I'm curious. Plus, we could ask him, like, what do you get paid for that? Yeah, there's a... there's. So I guess there's like an upfront fee or whatever that you get. I don't yeah, know why I did he's that. Got, then he's got to go like, to bookstores. He's got to go sign the book and stuff. And he's got to do some promotional tours. And then it's, then it's based on sales and all that. Yeah. So, And you could be like a number one. There's so many subcategories of books now. You could be a number one book like, so easily. Like it'll be the number one Mets book written by a redhead. Like they'll have that. You know, and it'll be like, well, I'll put that out there. On the back of the book, I realized that each scorecard not only told a baseball story, but also explained... Story of my life. I'm a loser. Ha! Hey, we come on, Eddie. Yeah, not nice. I'm actually excited for him. It looks good. It looks better than it, I thought it was going to be like a flimsy like paperback thing. Right. He's actually got a hardcover. It says, "Laugh with me, cry with me, and wonder what the hell is wrong with me." <laughs> As we take a trip through my life, viewed through the lens of scoring Mets games, it's actually kind of interesting. It I is. I mean, yeah, for a hardcore Mets fan, for sure. I'm, I'm interested because I, I had You're lived right, one of those experiences. So I want to go and I want to read because there's, there's. I remember having this conversation. He was asking me, "Is it okay? Do you think if I put this part of the story in there that it would be all right?" And I was like, "It's fine with me." You know, ask Joe. Whatever. I don't care. Mm. I was 2009. Wow. You know what? What am I? What do you care? The Chase Utley game. Oh, okay. All right. Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Get Jerry in here just a couple of minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, Boomer Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco is here on this Feel Good Friday. He's got some sports for us. What's up, Jerry? Good morning. Good morning. Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade human dog food delivered right to your door. 
Uh, things did not start out well for the Knicks last night, as you guys pointed out, nor did things finish well for the Knicks last night. Bounce pass, Draymond goes to Paul. Off a of screen, Steph, catch and shoot, right wing, three is good! His eighth of the game, he's got 31. 157 to go in the fourth quarter, 103-92. And 110-99, the final Warriors radio with the call. 31, Steph Curry had on the night, 11 rebounds as well. As the Warriors win by 11, Jonathan Kaminga had 25. Jalen Brunson, it's not been a good stretch. They've dropped 7 of 9, but as he says, we're going to be okay. Keep our spirits up, keep our confidence up. Um, knowing that we all really work hard individually to be confident and then um it's coming the next day be ready to go and um just keep trusting each other that's it keep trusting each other he had 27 in the loss uh you also had josh hart playing 47 minutes that was a theme after this game too played a great game as well uh here was curry this sounds familiar when people come into the garden and leave with a win love's lighting it up so it's fun like this is a special place it's a <clears throat> always talk about the basketball history that's that's you know that's happened here I've like had some what? good nights here. Like what basketball for the other players? Players. I mean, like you know what's amazing for Michael I, Jordan. I, I get now. I got to go. Like I got to go negative. Like G did this morning. <laughs> I am so sick and tired of hearing the opposing team's best player always come in and say, "I love doing this at this magical place." You were like, magical place. And you were so close about? to getting them too. Shut up. <laughs> this team is like, uh, like, like you said, they lost seven out of nine. I mean, they may lose the next six or seven in a row. Well, you did get good news on OG Ananobi, clear to shoot, get yeah. back on the fly. No, no Just contact. No, no contact. Yeah. Right. I mean, at least that's a positive step. The one that concerns you was Randall. You hear nothing. Yep. So, not, not not a thing other I than I told him. you April. Yeah, you would say April 15th or something? Like April 5th or 6th or something, I thought I said. They had like three regular season games left. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's out there doing stuff. So, I mean, he, I can't see him playing in the month of March. Well, Knicks 10 games over 500 now, 35 and 25. And you guys were talking about the standings, how it could swing either way with where they are in the middle of the conference. As for the Nets, if they're going to have any chance whatsoever of getting into the play-in tournament, they got to take these couple of games from the Hawks. They did win last night over Atlanta. No Trey Young, 124-97 the final. Cam Johnson, 29 points, 10 of 15 shooting, 7 from uh, seven for 11 from three-point range. You had the two young guys. You had uh, Holmgren and Wen Minyama going head-to-head yeah. last night. The crappy Spurs taking on the upstart Thunder. And lo and behold, here was San Antonio getting their 12th win of the season. SGA denied at the rim, and Victor rips down the rebound. Even when Victor fumbles the ball, he still gets something good out of it. He fires. He scores! And that was Wembenyama that was scoring in transition, the three-pointer. Spurs win 132-118. to 118. Wembenyama finished with 28 points and 12 rebounds. It has not been a great season for San Antonio, as we know. But uh, maybe, maybe things starting to take shape for them, 12th one of the season. The Lakers backed up that come-from-behind one over the Clippers by beating the Wizards in overtime, 134-131. Anthony Davis at 40, 31 for LeBron. Washington has dropped 13 straight. Nuggets over the Heat, 103-97. And Giannis had 24, and the Bucks have now won four straight. They beat the Hornets, 111-99. On TNT, a big reveal from one of the guys, as Kenny Smith pointed out as he is looking and referring to Charles Barkley. Are you on Instagram? <laughs> Give it up. Are you on Instagram? Seriously. Chuck is on Instagram. Everybody. Seriously, are you officially on Instagram? I, I'm trying out social media. Oh, 
What is your handle? Oh, you said you were never going. For, I, I've been here 12 years, and 11.9 of those years, you're saying I'm never going on social media. Kind of sounds like Mike with Twitter, doesn't it? Oh, my God. That was, yes. That, so, that was so funny. <laughs> it was very similar as the guys are reminding him what he, meaning Charles, used to say about social media. Because so why the wait, change? Because, wait, why the camera, change? what camera well? Because Instagram is for fools, and not social media is for dumbass, and people living in their basement. And they draw on it. <laughs> and he would go on to say, it's about business. That's oh, right. Yeah. Now, you make, now you can make money. I've That's... never tweeted. I don't do it. I don't have an account. <laughs> I have no interest. You will never, ever see me use that, utilize that medium. Ever. Will never happen. You're never going to catch me tweeting. I'm promise you. If I do, you know, you, you got a scoop. It never happened. Never. It should be against the law, but you're right. Um... Against the he, law. And then when he made his Twitter account, he went to Twitter headquarters. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah. So being a... that Charles is so new with this, Shaq was trying to lead him down a path. The wrong one. Remember, every time you send a message, hashtag OnlyFans. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't. Got it? Uh, don't do that. That's only for your fans. No, that does yes, not it is. No, no, Kenny, leave him alone. OnlyFans. <laughs> So these guys will have a blast. That's only for your fans. So Shaq fans, Barkley fans, okay. <laughs> only my fans can look at this. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, oh pretty funny. Um, in baseball, you know how last year, I don't know when this began, but the um, the sweeper pitch became a thing? Yes. So apparently, Tyler McGill is working on a spork Sw- ball. A spork oh. ball. <laughs> Spork. Spork. Like the Taco Bell spork. I guess. That's where it came from. I guess. That's how it was labeled. So this is a this is going to be a combination of a splitter, splitter and, and a, a fork, fork ball. ball. Yes. yes. So here he was. He gave you three scoreless innings yesterday and the Mets lost to the Marlins. The main thing's just throwing it with and live with games effort wise is completely different from the whole thing. So there's some good ones today. Uh Cantini. I can't even hear him. Um, Jose Quintana allowed a couple of runs. <laughs> yeah, that was a good cut. Well, it was in the beginning, and towards All the right. end, it kind of trailed off. Inning and two-thirds for Quintana. Uh, Mets play the Cardinals today. Luis Severino makes the start for the Mets. Yankees and Marlins played a scoreless game. Tonight, the Yankees face the Blue Jays. Garrett Cole makes the start. Now, Bob Costas, back in the day, was a dope MC, as we heard. We know he loves the game of baseball, so we go from... Spring training to Bob Costas. Nice little transition. Um, back in the day when he did, what was it called again, Al? Up late? Later. Later, later with Bob Costas, he had the late Richard Lewis on. At the time, a much younger comedian. It's about 50 seconds I'm going to play for you. And apparently, back in the day, NBC didn't want to air this because of how ridiculous. Not only did he sound, but looked. If you watch the video, it's beyond stupid. Uh, to the fact where, to the point where Richard Lewis even seems confused why he's laughing so hard. Can you lose your neck and survive, though? Or is that really the same as being decapitated? Can you lose your neck and then your head just sits on your shoulders? Well, there was two instances of this. I saw it once in a Nova episode. <laughs> a uh, Really, a man lost his neck, but his head literally didn't f- topple. It landed on his shoulders, and for some wonderful, miraculous reason, that's why I believe in God, it glued on to the shoulder casing. That's the word. So although he didn't have much range, his neck was on. He's giving birth again. Costas is giving birth. It's the first man to give birth. I don't want to be here because I'm 40 years old. If I have a wife, I never can, I never can see a 
I can't oh see a child come out. <laughs> okay, pardon me. <laughs> now, <laughs> I've been accused of laughing at things that aren't all that funny so from time to time. I think it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah. But the point that's really disturbing in this is he's rolling around with his legs up like he is about to give birth on the chair. Yeah, I uh, it's nuts. I am I'm, I'm, I'm watching that now. He's like he's rolling around in the chair like a four year old. Yeah, I, I, it's bizarre, totally bizarre. I had not seen that until you guys were talking about it this morning. <laughs> if I'm Bob Costas, I'm like, oh my god, the fact that this got unearthed this week makes me look like a real tool bag. Well, I, said, I mean, I said, well, I, why, why do you think it got unearthed? Well, Richard week? Lewis died and that, reminded yes. people of this whole thing. But <laughs> I said to Al. I searched the video on Twitter. Yeah. And two, I hit the media button. And so two Bob Costas videos back to back popped up. Okay. This one where he looks like, I don't know what he's doing. And then Costas from this week just railing on politics and Trump. And yes. yeah. couldn't be more polar opposites of the two. Uh, the Islanders beat the Red Wings 5-3. to three. Brock Nelson, couple of goals in that game. Tonight you got the Devils in Anaheim. Um, reports say the Vikings have told running back Alexander Madison that he will be released. Reports also say a judge has ordered Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to submit a DNA test in a paternity lawsuit brought by a woman that is claiming to be his daughter. She is 26, soon to be 27. Yes. When you guys were talking about this, I got confused. I either spaced out or whatever. And I thought that he had just recently impregnated a 27-year-old. <laughs> and I was just in total awe as you were talking about this. And then when you said mid-90s that yes. she was conceived, I was like, oh, she's 27 and now. She, yeah, and she's claiming that she's his daughter. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And this uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Rutgers beat Michigan last night, 82-52. to 52. You have uh, Hofstra beating UNC Wilmington by 11 last night as well. And I was Caitlin Clark. and did announce she's going to the WNBA and foregoing the final season of eligibility in Iowa. That's not true. She's going to make just as much, if not more. She's making over $3 million now. Why won't she still make it with the, the endorsements? Well, maybe with the endorsements, but the WNBA salaries are... They right, pay but in comparison. as it was pointed out, and Darren Ravel got murdered for this online yesterday, all of her money is from endorsements. It's not from an NIL collective. Right, so, so those should from stay Iowa. With, right, yeah. those should stay with her. And yeah, the salary won't be as... Well, not as... She will get a salary now yeah. from her WNBA team, but she is going pro. All right, thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Built Ford Tough Studio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Of course, we talk to a lot of commuters on this show, and it is a feel-good Friday. And this congestion pricing has come up with all of us because we are driving into the city, and it's going to affect all of us and a lot of people that listen to the show. So we hate it. We've been screaming about it for a very long time. So there was a public hearing with the MTA board last night. And in the public hearing, if you are someone that wants to speak, you show up and you write your name down. You get two minutes and you're allowed to speak. There is a man out there that is my new hero on this Feel Good Friday. His name is Raul Rivera. And he is a TLC driver. I thought he was I thought he was an FDNY guy because I think he had an FDNY shirt on or something along those lines. And he might he might be a volunteer EMS guy, I'm not sure. But his name is Raul Rivera, and he went off and spoke for all of us that are driving into the city and dealing with the city and the state going into our pockets again just to do our jobs here in New York. Yeah, for only half of Manhattan, by the way. Not all of Manhattan. Right. Uh, so uh, so here we go. This is from last night. It's just it's about two minutes now. Mind you, he got escorted out of there after this. <laughs> they escorted him out of the hearing after this rant. Raul Rivera. Good evening, criminals. My name is Raul Rivera. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm a TLC driver with over 23,000 trips. Uh, I didn't write anything fancy down, but uh, we want to remind you guys and let you guys know, Mr. Lieber, we have, we have uh, the mayors. We have, we have the mayors. Relax. We have the mayors, uh, cronies here. We have the mayors, uh, uh, lobbyists. They're not identifying themselves. Transalt, street pack. Huh? We got a city council. Progressive caucus, that is wrong. They oppressive caucus. That's what they are. They oppressive. And this is a this is a crime against a New Yorker. You might not like what I'm saying, but it's a fact. You are BSing New Yorkers. The the MTA is a money pit. It's a money pit. And the mayor is a sellout to the New Yorker, the city council members, the majority of them, 90% of them are selling out people of color. Brooks Powers. You are a sellout. That's what you are. You're selling out people of color. Her district is the furthest one away from the city. The Rockaways. And she's staying quiet. They're not advocating for the New Yorker, for the people of color like they say they do. This is BS. It's a crime against the New Yorker. And Brad Lander will not be mayor of this city. Over my dead body, he will not be mayor of this city. This is a crime. I'm using up all my time. I'm using up all my time. And for each and every one of you, there is a special place in hell for you. Don't you forget that. All right? Lucifer waits for you. He waits for you. Shame on you. I don't know how you can sleep with just at night. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's outrageous. Criminals. And there you go. Raul Rivera, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Raul. We love you, Raul. I don't know who you are, where you are right now. 
now, but uh, thank you for doing that. And by the way, it hurts people of all color. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. right. I mean, yes. that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he, I mean, his point that he was making was that there's a lot of people that say that you're advocating for certain issues, but when it comes to this, the you're way, not advocating way. for the people that you're serving. Exactly, exactly, one hundred percent. That 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 was his point there. But yeah, just uh, just unbelievable. Now it's not going to mean anything. I mean, it, it made me feel better. It made all of us laugh and get fired up about it. But it's not like that rant is going to change anything, unfortunately, because we're all going to get screwed by this whole deal. But, I mean, the fact that they – and there's I watched the video of him getting escorted out, and there's like seven guys around him. And I, I, I understand that this day and age you got to be careful. There's a lot of maniacs out there. But it's like all he did was speak his piece. You know, and he, he got his two minutes. He really got to escort him out. He went back to his seat after that and sat down, and then, like, 15 cops go over to him and get him out of there. And I love the fact he was calling out, them. there's lobbyists are over here. They're That's not exactly identifying right. themselves. Yes. They're cronies right here. 100%. Oh, God, that guy, he, he needs to run for mayor. That guy needs to run for mayor. I don't know who he was talking about. He said that this next person can't be mayor over my dead body. Land, Rob Lander or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar with that, but yeah. But, yeah. Lucifer is waiting for you. <laughs> I love that. There's a special place in hell for you, MTA board. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Basically, they're trying to get more people uh, to, to jump on buses and to, to take subways. Well, yeah, and that that's what it is. And they're trying to, to do it under the guise of that the city's going to be safer and there's going to be less pollution because of the cars. And then you'll be able to, to walk around more because of what the nonsense, absolute nonsense, because all of us are still going to drive in. I'm not going to change my routine. I can't. It's not even an option for me to take a train in. So just. Doing my job, paying the taxes, coming in like all of us. Now an extra little <clears throat> right up there, jamming it up our A-gaps. That's exactly right. So uh, over 100, I guess nearly 100 speakers spoke yesterday. Uh, and it was fiercely debated. The topic uh, was hours long and including one driver who lives in the congestion zone. And he called the fee a $15 ransom. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. We all know the, the MTA is truly a black hole. I've been yep. saying it for years and years and years and years and years and years. There's pension plans involved. There's uh, there's up cost, uh, uh, upkeep costs. There's salaries to be paid. I mean, there's there's a lot of crap that this behemoth of a of an agency is basically out of control and has been for I don't know fifty years. I think. How great was it? <laughs> Good evening, criminals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Raul, we love you. Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Friday. March is here. Yes, it is March 1st. I actually watched a little bit of the Combine yesterday. Not, not because I like sat down and was like, let me watch the Combine, but... As I was getting a haircut, my uh, guy, James Ricciardo, goes, is a combine going on right now? I was like, yeah, I think it is. We sat there and watched D. Lineman do the hula hoop drill. Familiar with the hula hoop drill? Hula hoop drill is they take uh, two hula hoops, and they stick them next to each other, and then they put items inside the hula hoops and tell them in which way they have to run and pick up the items and then place them back to see some sort of agility. I'd never seen the hula hoop drill, but they were doing that, and I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was paying attention to the defensive lineman. There's some guy 
on Penn State broke the D lineman 40 time record yesterday. So uh, I was locked in. That's how much I need football in my life. But there was one big story that came out of the combine. Okay. And that is now the day after Caleb Williams says all the right things and he's getting praised about how he's not going to turn down an opportunity to be the the Bears quarterback. If he gets drafted by the Bears, he's excited. If the Bears trade the pick, he gets excited to play for a different team. If the Bears didn't draft him first overall, he's excited to go play somewhere else. He sounded great. He is now declining medical evaluation, and he is believed to be the first player ever to show up at the combine, be there physically, Mm -hmm. And decline medical evaluation. Well, you know, it's got to start somewhere. You know, uh, there are many players over the years that have complained about the combine and what goes on at the combine. And it was just a matter of time before somebody was going to show up and say, you know, not only am I not throwing, I'll come here and I'll talk. I'll, I'll interview with you guys. But you're not touching me medically. You're not you're not looking at me medically. Now, watching him play over the last two years, I would say there's nothing wrong with him medically. Yeah, unless, but- of sort, unless, of course... There's something like a spinal stenosis or they have, you know, a lower back problem. You you would never know. But he doesn't look like he, he has a problem. No, he, he doesn't. But I, you really don't know. Right. You have no idea. And if I'm going to put my job on the line and if I'm an uh, is a general manager and also if I'm an owner making a tremendous investment, I got to know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to know. I don't know if I'd be able to take them. No, nah, they're going to take them. And and the thing is, is that, you know, it's it's just a matter. He knows they're going to take them. Everybody knows that they're going to take them. Then em. why is he declining it? What is, what is, what There's is no reason for it. No reason for anybody else to have any sort of, you know, information about me if I know I'm going to the Bears. The Bears can check me out when they when they draft me. Oof. That kind of thing. All right, so I know that this is you're talking from a player's perspective. Yeah, I, I'm just from a general you. manager's perspective or an owner's perspective. How would you feel? Uh, I would feel, you know, a little bit frustrated, no question. But again, you know, I keep telling you that these kids are changing and they're changing and they're changing, and the money that they're making in college, the 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 empowerment that they now have, uh, it kind of changes changes the landscape. So that's why I was saying, you know. In the middle of the season, if Caleb Williams had said, I do not want to play for you know anybody other than, say, the commanders where he's from, mm-hmm. um, that would have really been a test for the NFL because now all of a sudden kids are picking where they want to go. Um, well, it wouldn't if, be if the first time. I know, yeah, but there were different reasons why different, like Eli and, and John Elway specifically did their, did their situations. This would have been... Because look, I'm Caleb Williams. I've already made you know ten million dollars at USC, whatever it is, and I can do whatever I want because it's player empowerment time. I, that and I don't. That's not going to happen. That's not what he said. He said that if the Bears pick him, he'd love to play there, and that would be a smart thing for him. And very rarely now, I, some people could look at this and say that it's going to project into the future, and a ton of guys are going to do this. It's very rarely that someone like this is going to come along where you feel like there's a no doubt, 100%, he's going to be the guy that gets selected first overall. Everybody else is sort of have to go there. And, you know, whether it's going up from, you know, being fourth overall or third overall, I don't know. Or 15 I don't know. to 14. Let me ask you a question. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. going through any of this? He's not doing anything. Well, no, I think he's getting a medical evaluation because I, I, it, it, the story was that Caleb Williams was the first person and only person to ever do this. 
So that means if Marvin Harrison is there, then he's probably going through the medical evaluation. Yeah, Marvin Harrison, I'm not working out the clock. I don't need to work out. Well, there's been other guys, but see, there's been, there's been other guys who haven't worked out. There's been other guys who haven't thrown that are quarterbacks. There's been guys that don't go. But this is new in the fact that he is attending, not throwing, not participating, and also not getting any sort of medical evaluation. Uh, so that's that's new. So it's the he's believed to be the first invitee to decline medical exams and still attend the combine. So yeah, I mean we will we will see. But you know that I, most guys, I mean ninety nine percent of guys, will go through these medical exams and do everything that they need to do. I don't think that this is I mean, maybe for a, a quarterback who is believed to be a consensus number one guy in the future. Yeah, then maybe they'll follow the Caleb Williams route. But I, most guys are going to go through the evaluation. So today at three o'clock, you got defensive backs and tight ends, and then tomorrow is the quarterbacks and wide receivers. So you have a nice little Saturday, spring Saturday to yourself, and you'll be watching. Are you going to go over Phil Simms' house? No. Because you know he watches every bit of that. Oh, yeah. He loves the men in underwear. He's all over this. He loves that. I'm surprised he's not there. He may be there. Oh, just just to get a grab here or there? Just to kind of talk to some people. Yeah, I mean, it's not in any sort of inappropriate way. He just likes to grab, like he grabbed me just to feel my body. To see where I was at. And he called you a thick some bitch. He did. Yeah. He goes, that, he goes You were thick back then. I was very, very, very thick. And I, I took it as a as a huge compliment because he generally talks about thick people in a positive way. And when he grabbed me, it was it was during a picture. So I was in between the two of you. And he just he took that that hand of his and he just started squeezing all around. And I was like, Man, I'm getting the Phil Sims football player evaluation. Yes. And he whispered in my ear, he goes, You a thick some bitch. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Damn right I am. You Phil. loved it. Let's go do a talk show now. <laughs> it was great. Remember how you were sweating that night? I was I was, I was it was amazing how much you were sweating that night. Yeah, I was soaked. It was disgusting. Well, I mean, I wore like a, a first of all, I was bigger. I was probably two hundred and forty five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, you were fat Gio. And it was warm in there. Then it got even warmer when all the people showed up. But I had this sweater on. I remember it had like layers. I don't. I mean, it was it was cold because it was like spring. And then we went inside. and I was just pouring sweat. You you sweating? Plus, Plus, it was a big deal. And we had that very adventurous um, subway ride. You and I, <laughs> where the guys were dancing right in my face. <laughs> the shirtless guys were dancing right in Al's face. Which Not just was- dancing, doing acrobatics on the. Like the, the where people would hold their hands up on the bars to, on the subway, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and if you it was like gymnastics, yeah, that I, was it gymnastics. I posted that on my Instagram, G O W F A N, back of the day. If you want to look at it, you can just go to the account and you just scroll down. It's not that far. It's you, you see a shirtless man with a as some sort of a backpack on is the sort of the the image. And if you uh, don't remember, there, Boomer, this was it. I know. I remember you it. Remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, and Al was just sitting there meekly. And the the greatest part about that is Al had not gotten on the subway in a number of years, and this was the first experience that he had. Uh, oh my goodness! Just absolutely tremendous. All right, let's go to uh, Captain Dave. Oh, look at this! This is Captain Dave Anderson out in Bayport. He's uh, driving around, getting those ferries ready for the summer. What's up, Captain Dave? What do you got for us? Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Good, man. What do you? What's on your mind? Uh, just a little combine information. I'm Boomer. I'm sure you know about it, but we've got a Long Island kid that got invited to the combine. 
Um, I, I wish the kid the best. I really do. I think he's got a legitimate shot. Um, and that's uh, when we played for you on the Empire Challenge, as a matter of fact, and that's Dylan Love from West Hampton. Oh, yeah. Wow. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. He was, oh, God, um, this is like five, six, six years ago? Yeah, I want to say I want to say seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, when he played in the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know the, the kid put up ridiculous numbers in high school. He had uh, close to seven thousand yards in his high school career, over uh, well over six hundred carries. Where did he go to school? He went to Huff. Kind of funny. Um, he went to university. Well, he went to high school West Hampton. Yeah. Um, then he went to University of New Hampshire where he graduated from, and as a matter of fact, a, uh, a co-teammate of my son's at Siena College, uh, who left the lacrosse team at Siena, went to University of New Hampshire to play football, ended up being the long snap for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, uh, the, one day Bradley Schwartz will be long snapping uh <laughs> To Patrick Mahomes. That's two days in a row that we have just spoken about long snapping. That's right. Two days in a row. Look at this thing. It's a growing trend. It certainly is. It's it's good to be a long snapper. This is a the golden age of of long snapping. Uh but yeah, no, that's great. I didn't that I mean that Empire Challenge has been around for what, five years now or something. The pandemic killed us. Yeah. Yeah. So so this guy has uh, had a full college career and has uh has definitely gone on to big things if you're getting invited to the combine. So best of luck. Now I heard your sports minute speaking of NFL stuff on the competition committee. Yes, we, was that a lower the boom spot? It was, was a lower was? the boom spot. It was always yeah. lowering the boom. Yeah, you know, because I hate the rule where the offense, if they have the ball and they fumble it in through throughout the the end zone, and uh, it goes out of bounds, the defense gets the ball. Yep. they never actually possess the ball; they just get the ball. And mm-hmm. I hate that. I just I you know it's. If the ball goes out of bounds, and we're outside of two minutes now, we're talking about regular first quarter, guys running down the field, fumbles the ball. If the ball goes out of bounds on the one inch line, mm-hmm. it's the offense's ball on the one inch line. If the ball goes over the goal line and then goes out of bounds on the sideline, it's now the defense's ball on the 20 yard line going the other way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? I mean, I, I don't, like what happened in the uh, Baltimore Raven. And Kansas City Chief playoff game where Jerry Sneeds knocks the ball out of the hands of um, uh, Flowers. And they recover the ball. That's a different story. This is a ball that's not recovered, but it goes out of the end zone and it goes back to the defense. I still, I don't know. The defense is getting its ass kicked, going all the way down the field. And then all of a sudden, an offensive player has the ball knocked out of his hands and it goes out of bounds when it goes through the end zone. And you're giving the ball to the defense. Why? And that's something that we thought was going to change. This I thought season. it was going to change because fans hate it, players hate it, except, of course, if you're a defensive player. And I think that, you know, you want high-scoring games. You want more scoring. Why would you do that? Maybe you take the ball and you put it on the 10-yard line. Or maybe it's a reverse touchback and you put it, back, put it out on the 20 and you whatever down you're on, that's where you're at. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of compromise. I just think it's too severe of a penalty for the offensive team. And this is the first year in 20-some-odd years that Bill Belichick is not on the competition committee, right? Mm-hmm. 
And he was one who always used to propose a lot of stuff. Didn't he move the extra point back? He yes. The guy behind yes. that. So he, want, he wants to replay everything, too. Yeah. He never was able to get that. But that was one of the things he threw out there. So he was a major part of shaping the rules of the league in the last 20 years with the competition committee. This is the first time that he's not on there. Now, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he goes into TV or not. Man, I couldn't imagine sitting next to Coach Coach Cower and Coach Belichick on the NFL today. Oh boy! Now they're friendly. Oh yeah, but once they get like a one of those slobber knocker games, you know, the two of them probably be foaming right. at the mouth like they got rabies. Yeah, no, I know. I could I could see some of the comments that I make and Coach Belichick looking at me going, "What'd you just say?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so coach. This is TV, man. It's got to be entertainment. You got to understand that. I mean, like you know, that's the one thing I will say. Remember how we would have Mike Tannenbaum on, mm-hmm. and he was the worst guest. He was so dry and just had no like, no personality, and everything was a process, and we made fun of everything that he would always say. And now he's on ESPN, and he's figuring it out. And he's like, you know, the Giants had trade Daniel Jones to the Browns for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, process. And that's a process. Yeah, he just throws crap out there yeah, to get but attention. Was, but he's finally figured it out. He's on the dark side. The yeah. process. Well, Rex Ryan was sort of... When Rex Ryan first got to ESPN, I think he was trying to get another job in the league so he wasn't criticizing people because he didn't want to offend anybody that might hire him. And then when he realized that no one was going to hire him again, he just started ripping into people, destroying them. And now he's one of the more entertaining personalities that they have. Exactly. Finally figured it out. By the way, you you were out when we did this, but Ryan Clark put out a contract hype video for himself. Where he basically said that I'm the best to have ever done this. Mm-hmm. And now I put in all the work. And the next phase of Ryan Clark on TV is getting paid more and doing less. I mean, and I am not exaggerating one bit. That's what he said. He goes, I've already put in the work. Now I want to do less and get paid more. And he got it. He actually got it. And Jerry and I sat here and said, if you're an executive, why in the hell would you pay the guy when he's admitting that he's not going to work as hard? And they did. It, 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 so, he, so he's making more money, and he now is working less hours a week. I mean, I, he's gonna, maybe he's going to drop some other stuff or whatever. Yeah, he's the you know he did this podcast. He might not be doing that anymore. They had him do inside the NFL. Maybe he drops that. I don't know. But he said he had all these other jobs and all these things, and now he's he wanted to get paid more and do less. So. Well, you could say whatever you want about Ryan Clark. The one thing you can't dispute is that he does have strong opinions. Oh, he's good on TV. That's what I'm saying. I'm not denying that. I just could not believe it's like him getting dressed in a suit and everything. He's just basically like he's I'm you know, I'm the best. I grind it, I'm done. <laughs> you know, and I'm like I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, now I put myself in a spot where I want to do less and get paid more. It says this. You know, he's probably looking at Stephen A. Smith going, how much is he making? Yeah, but I mean you know, how much money is he bringing in too? I mean, but that's how much thing. time but how much time is, you know, uh how much time is Ryan Clark has? I, I don't know because maybe he's on one. We're on. I'm not sure. How many hours a week has he been putting in the car wash over there? You know what well, I mean? Well, it's not just ESPN. I mean, that's the thing. The point that he was making was that you know ESPN gave him a contract back then. He thought he was worth more than what they offered him. So then he started branching out and doing other things. Started working for Inside the NFL, which is not an ESPN thing. He started working for. He did his own podcast, which was not affiliated with ESPN. So he basically wants just that one job, like, I don't know, like the Pat McAfee show or Stephen A. Smith, whoever, that one job at ESPN to get paid enough to not have to do all the other stuff. Is basically oh, I see what you're saying. What it okay. comes down to. So he wanted to cut back on other areas, but he needed somebody else to pay him more money. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there are days when he's at uh, over at Eastman. He's there all day doing hits from the morning Sports Center up through Scott Van Pelt. At- yeah, I mean that's you know, that's the car wash, right? Yeah. Let's go to Ziggy in Hillsdale, New Jersey. What's going on, Ziggy? Hey, how's it going? I just you guys uh, just mentioned Mike Tannenbaum, so I just have a question about him. All right. Okay, so uh, he actually last week mentioned that. Um, he thinks that Russell Wilson should be the backup to Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, and I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. And uh, uh, they had to check his uh, uh, cup for Buka to see what the, what was wrong with him when he said that. <laughs> yeah, well, like I told you, he's figuring it out. So he's creating yeah. uh, scenarios for people to discuss, and uh, and he's looking for different and smart because he's he's using very well-known players in a lot of these different scenarios he's putting out there. Right. I mean, uh, Exhibit A is Ziggy from Hillsdale calling up and asking about it a week later. And we all know it's a ridiculous, non-realistic situation, but Ziggy's still thinking about it. So there you go. There's the new Mike Tannenbaum. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Friday on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. It is Boomer and Geo. Jerry Recco back. He's got another sports update and more. What's going on, Jerry? We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right, so you had the uh, the Knicks and the Warriors last night at Madison Square Garden. Now, the last time the Warriors played, uh, Steph Curry got out to a very slow start. I think he was scoreless definitely through the first quarter. Might have even been the entire first half. Well, last night, that was not the case as Golden State beat New York. 9-0 start for the Knicks and a block on the other end. Kaminga and Green converge to Hartenstein. And now Curry fires once again. Stephen Curry, he's off to one of those starts. And he was. That was part of his 31-point effort as the Warriors beat the Knicks 110 at 99. Dante DiVincenzo was mic'd up for this game and noticed the big difference for his pal Curry from the last time out. That's how you wanted to start off? You wanted to start D.C. scoreless. Now you want to come in here. Okay. I've been watching. Ever since you texted me. Sounds like those two are quite friendly. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who had 25 in this game, Guess what he said, Boomer? Couldn't wait to get his time in the garden to play. I always dreamed to play here uh, since I was a little kid, and I think that was my biggest motivation. Biggest motivation was to come into the garden and play a big game. You know, all these stars all talk about coming into the garden and playing in such a magical place, yet none of them want to play here. They don't want to stay here. They heard about congestion pricing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Knicks have dropped seven of nine. Jalen Brunson did have 27 in the loss. Knicks now 35 and 25 on the season. Nets beat the Hawks 124 to 97. Just one from Kevin Ollie on why the team was successful. We hit first. Um, just our energy, our effort. Those are things we can control. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, 
they get tired of me saying it, but that's just part of me. That's yeah, energy and effort sounds like a pretty good thing to rely on. Uh, Cam Johnson had 29 points, 7 of 11 from 3. Tennis Schroeder had 23 points and 7 assists. So the Nets 23 and 36 on the season. Couple, a couple of other things notable from the NBA. Spurs beat the Thunder 132 to 118. Last hour we played the uh, the block and then the three-pointer from Victor Wembanyama. He had 28 points, 12 rebounds. He was on Bally Sports uh, Southwest after the game. Very happy to be back home. I miss this I love it. I miss it. Enjoy your game. Yeah, he enjoyed the game for sure. As he played really well as they beat a very good team in Oklahoma City. It was their 12th win of the season uh, for San Antonio. A couple of other things. The Lakers beat the Wizards in overtime. 31 for LeBron, 40 and 15 for Anthony Davis. Nuggets beat the Heat Bucks over the Hornets, 111.99. Snoop Dogg was the latest uh, guest on the All the Smoke podcast slash show with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. So here they uh, they ask him, since he's a big basketball fan, about all-time great players. Who's your current top five in the league right now? Basketball players? Mm-hmm. That mother from the Nuggets, Jokic. Jokic. Hey, hands down. I'm like, it used to be Giannis. That thing came out of nowhere. He don't around. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two on his list. When John Morant is on the court, mm, man, yeah, I can't even front. Cause that is different. I hate playing that. Man, he got different. a jetpack on. He truck. is a goon with the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he would go to Shy Gilgis Alexander. I like the <laughs> from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shay. Oh, that yeah. he play like Snoop Dogg. I like him. <laughs> that nigga play like the T.O.W. I f*** with him. That's three, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's three. Oh. So we get to four. Well, wait a minute. B keeping his light on a little bit. More. Bro, he on one right now. I'm going to throw him in B there. On uh, that's why I had to check myself. Ooh. I throw him in there and B. I have to. I, I know the game. I'm still paying attention. Yeah, he's paying attention. And then number five, we go to the T-Wolves. The young goon from Minnesota. Yeah, Anthony that Edwards. will bang on your ass <laughs> right now. Old school. I will bang on your ass right now. <laughs> Done because uh, there was an honorable mention. Brian, you coming off the bench for being an old ass <laughs> with all <laughs> So that was very uh, funny, yes. I mean uh, that that guy, imagine if he could if if you could say anything on a NBA broadcast, I would if as an executive would pay him yeah, top I agree. dollar to bring because that is a guy. We always talk about who is the color analyst you would actually put a game on for? Yeah, yeah and there's never a person. Right. If Snoop Dogg could do that during a game, I would actually put on NBA games that I had no interest in just well, to hear what he said. Did you ever hear? Did you ever hear him voice over the the, the lizard running through the snakes? Yes. Yeah. 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 I it's mean, so good. It's so, so good. It's an so all timer. I would yes. think what you could do is you could have a YouTube live show. While he's watching the games like the Mannings do, you could do like a Snoopcast. Yeah, and you know, and you knew what it was. And yeah, you, and you, you you go there expecting to hear a certain thing. Absolutely, yes. exactly what you hear on all the smoke and before he, I bleep it all out. He knows football too. I would love to have him with Al Michaels on the Amazon cast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that <laughs> would be freaking awesome! <laughs> Bang on that ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of football, uh, real quick, I'm kind of jumping around here, but the retired Peter King 
released his list of nicest quarterbacks he's ever had to deal, deal with in King? his career. Yes, Peter, Peter King. King. Peter King. Um, and this was on his way out the door when he made the announcement the other day. Um, do you know who the top three are? If you had to take a guess. Well, like, one of them's going to be Boomer, for sure, because well, they have a long relationship. There's no doubt one of them's going to be Boomer. Yes, it is. Uh, I'll Peyton s- Manning? Yeah, Peyton Manning was one. Boomer was two. And who's number three? Can Tom you- Brady. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And number four, your guy. Kirk Cousins. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Number five. Gino Smith. I was Gino Smith. Wow. Yeah. I was looking at you like Dante Culpepper. No. No. Well, I I told you, I go all the way back to 1984 when Peter started at the Cincinnati Inquirer and I was and I was uh, drafted by the Bengals. And Peter somehow, some way, picked up me and my former teammate at the University of Maryland, Pete Koch, and he had a rabbit, a Volkswagen rabbit. And Pete was six five. 280, 290, and I'm looking like I got to get in the back seat of this thing. Mm. And I said, Welcome to the F and NFL, I guess. <laughs> How about that? And that's, it sounds like the Andre the Giant documentary when he got in those small cars in France that he couldn't even fit into. That's probably what you guys look like. Uh, it was ridiculous, actually. Yeah. Um, since we're on the NFL, just quickly, Xavier McKinney was on the Pat Leonard podcast. Uh, he is another one of these guys, which makes sense as a teammate. He wants Saquon Barkley to get himself his new deal finally. Saquon is a phenomenal running back. Uh, he's a great dude. Um, he's a dude that deserves to be paid. Well, we'll see what the market does bear for Saquon and all these running backs that are going to be free this uh, this coming offseason. It, it is amazing how many of these running backs are free now. Big names. Uh, there's going to be like seven or eight to choose from. I mean, Saquon's right in the middle of his prime. You know, I mean, boy, I'll tell you what. Big D. Big D. Dallas. That would be phenomenal. Could you imagine Saquon Barkley in a Cowboys uniform? I could. Yes, I could. I'm trying to. I've thought about it already. <laughs> that would be so hard to like even just fathom and wrap my head around that. Well... The Giants don't want to give him the I think, deal. Maybe the Cowboys will. I, you know, I, I was thinking that uh, I also read something where Saquon was was talking with uh, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, mm. and that the Texans are a big landing spot for him right yeah. now. Amongst oh, that'd be killer. He ends up in Texas and he ends up in Houston and not yeah. Dallas. Oh, oh well. Uh, Mets lost to the Marlins two one in spring action. Jose Quintana allowed two runs over an inning in two thirds. Tyler McGill three scoreless. You've got the Mets and the Cardinals coming up uh, later today. Luis Severino, the star. I'm going to play you something from the Yankee game, and then you're going to tell me why. Okay. Now, I will tell you that, uh, well, let me play it first, and then tell me why I'm playing this. And the 3-2 from Weathers. Comes right at him. Drill the other way. A leadoff base hit for John Carlos Stanton. Thin and strong John Carlos Stanton. Any thoughts on why I might play that? Was he batting leadoff? No, that's a good thought, but no, that's not, that's not why. Uh... The pitcher was David Weathers, who's now 65 years old. You're close. So Al and I were talking on the warm-up show about he had to make a phone call to a credit card company for a dispute when they informed him what a great customer he's been, that he's had the card for 32 years, and he felt old. So I played this, and my first thought was, David Weathers ain't still pitching. It's his son, Ryan Weathers. Wow. Yeah. David Withers was just on the Mets. Yes. He wasn't just on the Mets. I know that. You get what I'm saying. It feels like he was just on the Mets. And now his son's up pitching. Oh, my gosh. I saw that Justin Bieber turned 30 today, and that made me feel old. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I I get that. I I honestly, if you would have asked me how old he was, I would have said 22. 
I've been around eight, a while, though. Eight years off. Didn't yeah, but he hit was it, a child when he first right, burst on the scene. Didn't he hit it with the mute? Well, was he a child or was he in his like early low teens, like early teens? I thought he was like ten or eleven. So he was like a YouTube sensation, wasn't he? No, no prior. Oh, I don't know. I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't. Yeah, make sure years old. Yeah, David Weathers' kid is pitching. Yep. How about Jesus. that? Anyhow, uh, Garrett Cole, the start tonight. Yankees will play the Blue Jays. The Islanders, you know, they beat Dallas the other night on the road last night in Detroit, and they got another win. Dawson, backdoor play for Paul Maryland, right through him. Yeah, they just couldn't find the handle, right? Well conceived. Here's Nelson, scores! Oh, my goodness. Is that- oh, my goodness. Yes, that was uh, Brendan Burke, Butch Goring on MSG. Isles beat the Red Wings 5-3. to three. That was uh, one of two goals for Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzell, Casey Sezika's score as well. Here's Kyle Palmieri. He says that's back-to-back wins in a couple of tough places in Detroit and Dallas. And that was a really good road trip for us. Uh, we'll head home and get ready for Saturday, but um, a, a lot of positives to draw from from this week, and um, we'll just keep that rolling in the right well, direction. The, the interesting thing is, is that both the Devils and the Islanders have played 59 games, and they're, uh, let me see, they're right outside of the wild card with Detroit and Tampa Bay holding on to the wild card, and Detroit and Tampa Bay have played more games than both the Devils and the Islanders. Detroit only won more game, but uh, Tampa Bay has played three more games so they can how about that at six points right there they can catch they can catch tampa bay just yes by winning those three games no doubt uh the islanders and rangers off tonight you've got the devils and anaheim starting right around 10 p.m uh rutgers beat michigan 82 to 52 hofstra beat unc wilmington you got tonight columbia playing princeton i know princeton's really good so ivy league battle there and caitlin clark says she is leaving school not early but she's going to forego her final year of eligibility to uh, enter the wnba draft Apparently, David Weathers' kid's been pitching since 2020. Is that true? He's been around that long? Wow, that's, that is amazing. Yeah. It's very possible. I mean, we've seen a lot of the players we grew up with with their kids coming through, but that's just one I, I... It just doesn't feel like he was pitching all that long ago for the Mets. Yeah, it's got to be tough for some of these guys, you know, like Charlie Woods and David Weathers' kid. Not easy. Well, Charlie Woods, for sure. I mean, how do you ever compare to Tiger? Yeah. No, I'm just messing around. Just messing around. David yeah. Who was the other kid you were talking about that was that was uh, just recently of an athlete's kid? Bronny. Oh, yeah, Bronny. Yeah, so like Bronny and Charlie well, Woods and then David Weathers' son. Okay. Yeah. Same type of thing, you know? Well, maybe within the family dynamic, it is. Yeah. It has to be. Even reading, we had the uh, story we were talking about Cal Ripken and his mom being abducted, whatever it was, 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Reading more into that story, you see the personal life and how Cal Ripken's son was drafted twice, went back to college the first time, and then the Orioles drafted him, and he never got beyond, like, triple-A ball. That's got to be really hard when you're a Ripken and you can't get to the big leagues. Hmm. Or you're Cooper Manning. Or that, yeah. yeah I suppose. But you, got, but you got Arch Manning. That's true. Which even more emasculating. And Co- but Cooper had an injury, though. Whatever. Facts are facts, a, man. Well... You but got your, like your two brothers and your and your son that are all going to go to the NFL. And your dad and you're doing that. And your yeah, dad. and your dad and you're doing you know commercials trying to be the funny guy. Well, he's a funny guy. Well, maybe tough, but you know there have to be depressing days, though. I agree with you. Yeah, that, like, they're I? them and I'm me. Yeah, right. <laughs> there has to. Be. I don't know. I kind of feel like you know they're all so tight. That family's so tight. Hundred percent. And there's probably you know come on. We always see Eli and, and Peyton going back and forth in, in good 
kind of like a, a good-natured way, but I would imagine that com- the competition within the family is probably pretty intense. <laughs> yes, but think about what those two accomplished in the NFL. Yeah. And you feel like the third guy. Oh, they brought him along. He was, he's been with them. Right, exactly. They took care of him. He just brought along. Like, they put him on a leash. Here, come uh, with us. They didn't do that. You know what? That might be the ultimate leech spot. <laughs> Dad, two brothers, now son. It's tough. Ultimate leech spot. Very tough. Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Friday. A uh, couple of things from our afternoon show I wanted to bring up. Because right. I was listening on my way to the haircut yesterday. And I heard what could quite possibly be one of the worst sort of dad joke lines I have heard. And generally, Sean Morash is not like a dad joke type of guy. Like, he's he's got humor that makes me laugh. But he said this... And I actually told this joke to the subject of the joke just now in the newsroom. And the subject of the joke didn't even understand the joke. All right, here's how it goes. So Evan, I told you, he's trying to get out of the growing the beard and hair Pete Alonzo contract bet that he has. He said he's not going to shave his beard or cut his hair till Pete Alonzo and the Mets have an extension. Turns out that ain't going to happen during the season. And Scott Boris is going to take this thing to the end. So he'd have this long ZZ top beard. He would look like basically, you know, uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway. So he decided, I got to get out of this thing. He tried to play Sean Morash and Pickleball to get out of it. He lost, can't get out of it. So now he threw out there, what if I dye my beard a different color for 15 straight shows and then shave half of my beard off and go to opening day? Would that suffice of me looking like an idiot and get out of this? Because I can't, I just cannot have this beard so they said yes everybody in the show said yes we had all these dyes out in front of him and the different colors you know like ruby red and sparkling yellow and one of them was grandma gray and sean morash goes well that's what we're going to be calling maggie one day so if you get it because her last name is gray and he's saying that maybe she's going to be a grandma so I go, I go to Maggie, and I said, did you happen to hear Sean's joke about Grandma Gray? And she goes, no. I said, well, we're going to be calling Maggie Grandma Gray one day. And she goes, what? <laughs> and I said, well, your last, oh, she goes, oh, my last name. Yeah. Okay. Horrendous. Oh, yeah. Horrendous. horrendous. I mean, just horrendous. I think about I think about those guys, I feel, I feel so bad for Tiki at times. <laughs> He's like in the middle of this madness. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I want to say, I feel like it was like three weeks ago when we had Tommy Lugauer coming out of a uh, Nick Net game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudes, dogs, and, and damage. damage. Yeah, dude, dog, damage. Yeah, the whole dude, dog, damage. That's thing. his thing. Yeah. I know. Well, he's they ain't no patent dog, damage right now. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? And who's got a better NARP posse, you or Tiki? And, uh, you know. We're, you're so familiar with us. Right. Those are relatives. Well, they're new. younger NARPs. That is true. And and Evan is the ultimate NARP. Yeah, but I mean, NARP posse in a sense, like how are you defining who's got the better one? Like who right. has exactly. more non-athletic people or who has more athletic NARPs? Less, less mutant-like. Less mutant-like. Well, you guys are definitely less mutant-like. I mean, Sean Morass is just a mutant in himself. You know, yeah. Think about it. Right. And I love Sean. But, you know, it is what it is, and he plays a good role. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Except for the Grandma Gray joke. Yeah. That's, I, that's one. You got to take flat. that. Yeah. Mm. 
even with Maggie, it fell flat. All right, so I was going through Evan's book here to see if he really went in the uh, my Mets Bible, scoring 30 years of baseball fandom, to see if he really went in on the story from L.A. that me, Joe, and Evan had. And he did. He almost went the full story, almost the complete full story. And one of them, this is the Ryan Church game in 2009 where we were at Dodger Stadium. It was the Omir Santos-Vin Scully story where Vin Scully, it's Sweeney Murdy's favorite story. I probably told us a thousand times, but I'm sitting at a table in press dining with Joe Beningo and Jay Horowitz. Vin Scully walks by and Jay introduces Vin to us. We had never met him before. And uh, Jay's like, hey, Vin, come over here. This is Joe Beningo, Greg from New York. <laughs> and uh, and Vin Scully doesn't say hello, but just launches into a story. And he goes, you guys have a catcher named Omir Santos. I'd never heard the name Omir in all my years of broadcasting. So I went to the ladies who work here in the press dining that speak Spanish. And I said, what does Omir mean? And they all put their hands over their mouths and started laughing. And one of them looked up and said, penis. Omir means penis. You guys have a catcher named penis and walked away. <laughs> so, so this was before Al was talking about penis. Yeah, apparently. Vin Scully was the first penis guy. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, so that is in here. He did that. And then also when he was so upset, Evan, over a May 18th regular season baseball game out in L.A., uh, he asked me to do the, the Mike Francesa impersonation to get him out of it. And I did, and I, I was describing very, very vulgar things, like just, you know, I can't I can't even really say it on the yeah, air, but he could have put it in a book, and he didn't. He just he just said, he, he and so this time was Mike Francesa saying some of the most vile things as he described the scene of a porn movie. <laughs> he said, between how spot on uh, Gio's Francesa imitation was and the hilarious material coming out of his mouth, and not only began laughing, it was a belly laugh, I'd forgotten why I was so angry. So there you go. And why was he so angry? Because it was whatever. How to forget how the game ended? <laughs> Ryan Church got thrown out at the plate. Okay, could have won the game or something. I don't remember. You oh. know, whatever it was. And the year. <laughs> and listen, I in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite moments from that trip was they they made us pay our own way out there because it was our idea. So I can kind of understand that from a business standpoint. We wanted to go out to L.A. two years in a row to see the Mets in Anaheim. Then the Mets played the Dodgers. There was an NBA Finals game. It was our idea. So they made us pay our own way out oh, there. Right? And we, but we were covering the games and doing shows. I know, but did you guys share a hotel room? We did. Oh. and Yeah, we shared a hotel room, and Joe Beningo was on the cot because he wanted oh. to be on the cot. All three of you guys? In a hotel room. Oh, yeah. come on. We, I swear to God. It was the, it, middays, too, on top of it. And he remember. woke you up. In his underwear, yeah, right? in, yeah, in his tidy whiteies. He was. Yeah, I said, he goes, bro, you don't even need to set an alarm. I'll be up. I'll be up at five o'clock. Probably up before that. I'll wake you up. And he was. He, I woke up to him slapping my chest with the back of his hand, wearing nothing but tidy whiteies. Going, bro, it's five. And I was like, what? <laughs> Most jarring thing ever. But, uh, <laughs> but what I loved about that, tr- I'd never seen it was the back of his hand. He was slapping yeah, you with right, it, right, something right, else. Right, it was just Schwantz that yeah. he was whipping me with. But anyway, so uh, yeah. So anyway, so we we pay our own way out there. Right before the first show that we do, Dove sends me the live read that he has to read the the billboard for for who is sponsoring Joe and Evan in L.A. Okay, and it's Delta Airlines. <laughs> 
Joe goes, are you effing kidding me? Are you effing kidding me? Get me Mark on the phone right now. Get Journey on the phone right We had to pay our own freaking way out here to L.A. I had to buy my own flight. G, who makes like $13,000 a year, is buying his own flight out here. And you're telling me you got Delta Airlines to sponsor our shows? <laughs> Give me a freaking break, bro. Get him on the phone. That cheap bastard. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> is that in the book or no? No, that's not, that's not in the, in the book. book. Okay. No, that's not. It should book. be in the book. Yeah. And there was uh, <laughs> another moment in that trip where Joe and I were out on the balcony of the hotel room smoking weed. And Evan was not joining us. And we were sitting there talking music, smoking weed on the balcony in L.A. And there was an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> and, are you sure there was an earthquake you weren't having like delusions no no no. what's funny is we were with the opposite effect so evan who's totally sober he's in there doing god knows what you know maybe like a build-a-bear or something <laughs> so he's in a, he comes flying out to the balcony he's like we gotta get out of here there's an earthquake did you feel that and i was like i i know mm-hmm. and joe's like bro i didn't feel an effing thing <laughs> Next day, it was like 6.8 on the Richter really? scale. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Evan was right. Evan was 100% right. But anyway, so that's a cool, uh, there's a little more addendum here. I should have written the foreword for this. Uh, my Mets Bible. I'm surprised he didn't ask you to do that. Who did write the foreword? Did anybody write it? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Uh, introduction. No, just an introduction. No forward. Dedication. Hmm. Any dedication? Yes, dedication to Craig Carton. To Craig Carton, actually, for the years that he spent with... The, no, Mom, Dad, Sylvia, Jet, and Spence. There's a lot of acknowledgments, too. In the back? Is that where they... Somewhere, because I saw a whole list of them. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy, what are we doing? Oh, is this... It was almost like uh, Peter Schwartz's son thanking all those people. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, that, was like, oh, that was like an Oscar speech. Oh, I got a story about that. Okay. I got- <laughs> Sabrina comes home from school. This is, you know how some people lie about what their kids say? I will never do that. Okay. This is word for word what she said. She goes, Daddy, you had a high schooler on your show today? I said, yeah. He talked a lot. And I said, shut up. Let my daddy talk. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, he did talk a lot. Well, you know what? He came in prepared. People must have come after uh, Peter on social media, too, because I saw a tweet where he was talking about how how mean people are on Twitter. It's unbelievable. I mean, he did. I don't know how many times I got to tell there was 98% of the people, congratulations, that's yes, awesome. So happy. And then great. a couple people trying to knock him down, and he's got to focus on that and tweet about it and ruin the moment. It's just like you can't. You can lead Peter to water. You can't make him drink it. All right. Yeah, so here we go. We got a whole bunch of them. Lead him to a buffet, and he'll eat it. Joe Beningo, <laughs> Tiki Barber, Mark Chernoff, Chris Olivero, Spike Eskin. Yeah, look at that. To my in-laws. Ken, Alex, and Jesse, everybody at Triumph. There's a lot of acknowledgments. Two page of acknowledgments. There. Are you in there? Acknowledged? No, but I mean, I got my name. He he was very, very... He, I, it's actually embarrassing how nice he was to me in this thing, so I didn't even read it, because it was over the top. Well, over you, guys the top good, nice. you guys were good friends at one time. Yeah. Well, we yeah, yeah, you had a lot of similarities. You loved the Mets. You loved <laughs> baseball. <laughs> You're both bipedal? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We, uh, we did not have a lot of similarities. Just the, the Mets really was it, and working at the radio station. Well, Everything else was... Yeah, but that's big. I mean, you guys spent a lot of time together. We certainly did. Friday night!
Geo Company Live, the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Friday. You know, yesterday I interviewed this guy, Matt Hamachek, and he's the producer and director of the Dynasty. That is what is running right now about the New England Patriots. I know New England Patriot fans aren't probably very happy with it, but again, you got to remember that it's not a highlight film. What can they not be? happy It's a documentary. About? Well, I mean, honestly, you I mean, won all those Super Bowls and you're not happy about the well, documentary. Some, some, Go some. screw! Right. Well, some are, God. but uh, he is a fascinating guy to interview, and I know that they're right in the middle of the series right now. So I think Al and I decided that we're going to try to book him later in March. Right? Yes, mid March. Right, and, uh, you know, I mean, you've already asked me, like, five questions about the damn thing because you're so interested in it. Yeah, I'm locked into it. it. I think four episodes are out already. Yes. Which I've watched, and two more come out tonight, two more next week, two more. So it took them two and a half, uh, two and a half years to put the Dynasty uh, documentary together. Uh, it's kind of loosely based on the book Dynasty, written by Jeff Benedict. And and this guy, Matt Hemacek, also did the Tiger documentary. Oh, okay. But Tiger didn't participate in that. Did no, he? he didn't. He didn't. But uh it was it was I think he had over seventy interviewed subjects, um, two and a half years, uh trying to make sure that you get all the right people to answer the right questions. Your sense Al as a football fan, and of course we've been covering the Patriots for two decades, so it's like nuts. What what do you think about it? I just like that they got all of the major players that you would want to hear from. Everybody is in this thing and seemingly telling the truth. It doesn't seem like anybody's really hiding anything until kind of you get the Bill Belichick and the Flategate or no Spygate. That was the one I confused the two. They have so had so many different things. When you get to <laughs> Spygate with him, he pretty much shuts down. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I think there was a conversation between he and Robert Kraft about Spygate. And I think Robert Kraft asked Bill Belichick, uh, so how much does Spygate or spying on the other sidelines or video on the other sidelines and the signals really help you? And Bill Belichick said, I don't know, 1%. And he goes, we're going through all of this because you, you need to be helped 1%. He actually called them. He, it, called Rob, him a schmuck. Or, yeah, or an idiot or a schmuck or I something. I called him yeah. a schmuck, yeah. Schmuck? Yeah. You called his own head coach a schmuck? Because, man... For 1% of like, I mean, so this is kind of like the unique triangle of, of uh, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick, and then everybody in between and around, you know, the relationships, what went on, the decision making and things of that nature. I, I've, I have found it fascinating thus far. Have they touched on the Aaron Hernandez stuff? They will. They will. Okay. Yes. And they're going to get deep into that or just go... Uh, do I don't it. know how deep they'll get into it, but they'll get deep into it. It's very weird to see Tom Brady. He looks like a completely different person. Like, now he looks like a grown adult male. And back then, he just looked like a doofus. Yeah, totally Like a was. total doofus. Like a, right, well, you say doofus. I'll, I'll say regular guy. Yeah, like no one looked at him like he was a cool guy or nothing. Like, and, th- and that's how Hamachek laid it out to me. So they, they did two and a half years of this. I don't know, miles and miles and miles of tape and having to, you know, cut out some things and put things together, try to tell the arc of the story and all that other stuff. And like I said, it really wasn't a highlight film. It's just a documentary of how 
these guys going to nine Super Bowls, winning six of them, uh, having all of this success over this elongated period of time and a lot of decisions that were made during that time. Yeah, then there was the Malcolm Butler benching uh, in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Yep. There's Spygate. There's the Flategate. I, I think, Bill, if I had to think back to that time and those times, I think Bill Belichick was disgusted with the Flategate because it came after Spygate, and the Flategate he had nothing to do with. That is true. I remember those press conferences where Go he, ask Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Over and over and over and I, again. And I think that that situation there really strained that relationship. If, if I'm looking at it from you know where I was sitting, I mean, all these years later, what a stupid, stupid thing that was. I mean, honestly, the the, the PSI and the footballs. I mean, that was just a conference that was getting their ass handed to them forever by one particular team and a head coach and a quarterback, and then they conspired with each other to try to take them down with the tiniest thing. Like deflated footballs. Well, it's just I, so I, I do. You also have to understand the bigger picture of what happened because in the playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens. So I say multiple teams: the Ravens yeah. and the Colts, well, and then but, the whole thing but you about have to the. Understand, like I don't, you know, not to get. I did the game. Yeah. I was doing the game, uh, and I remember John Harbaugh was going crazy. The Ravens were winning the game, and all of a sudden the Patriots won up tempo offense. They were doing the ineligible, eligible receiver right. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you know, when you're in the playoffs with the Patriots, they're going to do something that's going to end up having a, to, to do with the rule change the next year. Yep. And the rule change now, as you see, they will not allow the offense to snap the ball until the defense can identify everybody on offense. And that came out of that game. And I remember after the game, Tom Brady responded to the post-game press conference from John Harbaugh, who claimed that while the Patriots may have not broken rules, they were they were pushing the envelope. And they were doing things that, you know, shouldn't be done on the football field or whatever, however you put it. But Tom Brady came out and said, look, we know the rules very well. And then, of course, the next game, it was the Indianapolis Colts. And the GM at that time was Ryan Grigson, who was with the Baltimore Ravens, if you remember, and close to John Harbaugh. Okay, Tom Brady, you know the rules, and how are you, how come your balls are underinflated? <laughs> uh, yep, and that's where that came out of. It came out of because of the sniping back. I believe the sniping back and forth after the post game press conferences between the Patriots and the Ravens and that playoff game. Did you ask this documentarian yes. uh, if he found or tried to find the two equipment guys who have fallen off the face of the earth? Uh, I did. I don't know if that will make. I don't know. It was in the middle of the conversation somewhere. But did he Did he find them? No. He, nobody knows where they are. No, no. Not it might have been their arms and legs out in Babylon. <laughs> Suffolk <laughs> County Police found yesterday. Nah, I don't know. I think they probably got paid off and they're probably living in Aruba somewhere. Have to be. Have to be. I mean, it's unbelievable. And if you remember, during that whole time, Tom Brady would not give up his cell phone. Yeah, Roger but then Cadell he destroyed it. Then he destroyed yeah. it, and Roger, you know, this, there was a lot of stuff going on. It's still time. really stupid, the whole thing. But yeah, and, and the, the kind of interesting thing that Matt was telling me, Matt Hamachek was telling me yesterday, was that you know, the news was leading with the PSI football, and then following up with ISIS. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Once again, silly, silly thing. Uh, what about this Jerry Jones paternity thing? This has gotten crazy now as a judge has upheld a decision requiring Jerry Jones to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute with a 27-year-old woman who claims 
the billionaire, as I'm reading for the AP, is her biological father. Now, what this woman is is doing, uh, she, Davis is her last name, uh, Al, uh, Alexandra Davis, and her mother, Cynthia Davis, uh, reached out with or reached with Jones two years after she was born a settlement in 1998 that said Jones would support them financially as long as they didn't publicly say that she was Alexandra's father, something that Jerry Jones has denied. So the original lawsuit claimed that Jones pursued Cynthia Davis, who was also married at the time, after they met while she was working for American Airlines out of Little Rock, Arkansas. This is like classic. Like flight attendants. Like, <laughs> uh, their, their settlement allegedly called for Jones to pay Cynthia Davis $375,000 and for Alexandra Davis to receive a certain monthly and annual and special funding from a trust until she was 21, as well as lump sum payments when she turned 24, 26, and 28. Attorneys for Jones says Alexandra Davis has received millions of dollars from Jones in her lifetime, according to court documents. Now, if that is true, then clearly we know what's going on here. Well, you don't need to have the paternity test. Right. I mean, why, that's, why would you need to have it? That's a paper. And I would, if I'm Jerry Jones, if anything, I'd be like, well, let's take the paternity test to find out that I'm not the father in this situation. And then all this stuff I don't need to go through. You do it uh, with the Maury Povich show. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Didn't you love those? <laughs> I love that stuff. Where did they find those people? In America, man. <laughs> That's where they found them. <laughs> We're doing all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm fascinated by this. And I wonder why. But, if, but she's already received millions, right? That's what she's claiming. She has already received money. Well, the the mother, the alleged mo- the, the mother in this situation, Cynthia Davis. So what? What's the daughter want out of it now? I don't know. Maybe the payments have stopped. It said twenty six, or maybe they wanted more cash. Yeah, maybe more more cash. I don't know. But I mean, Jerry Jones. I can't imagine. Like he's eighty one years old right now. He's talking himself about dying. Yes. We've heard that. Jerry brought that up many times. And then, like, this is out there, and he's got all these attorneys fighting and fighting and fighting for him. It's been going on for a couple of years. And now he is he is legally, legally has to do a but why? Test. I mean, I, what I understand is why. Because it's a... I mean, if he, if he basically did what you're saying that the story says he did... Yeah. But why does he have to do it again? You think she's just trying to embarrass him or something, or what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Or may, I mean, maybe this, this money has run out, and so he held up his end of the obligation. Yeah, and and maybe I, I don't, and I guess because no matter what settlement you have, is wouldn't there be like back pay, child support stuff? It's probably, it's all about money. That's why. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, so she probably wants more money. I mean, we could say that she got all the money and all of every, you know, $375,000 and a trust and everything else, but she clearly wants more, even if that was true, all the payments that Jerry Jones made. So that's probably what, I don't think it's just to embarrass him. I think it's, she, she's like, well, hell, let's go. You're my dad. You're a billionaire. Yeah, I want to be on a yacht. I mean, sooner or later, she's got to grow up and she's got to, you know, you would think live her life, right? 
it sounds like, I, mean, I don't know that she's not living her life. You know, I don't know. I mean, if, it's hard to put myself in those shoes. But I guess if I if I found out or thought that one of my parents was a billionaire who tried to cover up my birth, <laughs> would I would I pursue that in any way? I don't know. It depends how successful I was in my life, probably. Like, if I was doing well and I found out about this, I'd be like, you know what, this is just no point, and I'm, I'm fine, I'll be all right. Yeah, but, but if I was but, someone who was really struggling in life, and I, and I'm like, I'm convinced that this dude's my father, I would, pro- I would probably go after him. Probably. Well, of course, he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah forget, I mean, but it's not, I don't think it's just any, like, I don't think this is a Giants or Eagles fan who's doing this. Like, I just think it's more that the fact that he's a billionaire more than the fact that he's the owner but of the, the Dallas story, Cowboys. But the story basically says that he they had signed an agreement. That's what the that's what the lawsuit alleges. Yes. Okay. So the lawsuit the from, lawsuit alleges that he, you know, basically lived up to the agreement and did everything he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Then why at this point would you need to have a paternity test? John in Brooklyn, what's going on, John? <clears throat> Nothing. So she probably wants a paternity test because if and when Jerry dies, she has claims to the estate as a as a child of this. That be. Yeah, I mean, that's probably yeah. a large estate too, right? I mean, you would think so, but I would think that he'd probably be moving that estate around right now and protecting it. Yeah. Yeah, but she but she would also have she would be able to fight in court and get some money out of it. I don't know. You are you a lawyer, uh, John, or no? No. No. I don't know. I guess if he, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that if he signed all these things and did all these things and took care of all these things for all these years, yeah, that he held up what he was supposed to do. You are the father. Let's got to get Jerry in here and ask him about it. Jerry Recco or Jerry Jones? Jerry Recco. Oh, I heard Jerry talking about it this morning. Oh, uh, he did? Yeah. And we can bring it back up. Oh, is that something you guys were talking about on the uh, warm-up show? Yeah, we did bring this up this morning. We didn't really have any answers other than uh, we were just having fun with Jerry Jones. Oh, he was. Okay. If this were you, Al, if you were this woman, would you be pursuing this? I would. You would? Yeah, why not? Get some cash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess why not? Hey, listen, maybe, maybe, maybe there is something to be said about going after... The money after he dies. Bring the wood. <laughs> oh boy. It's just weird. Like Jerry Jones in the nineties. Like Jerry and I were saying. Like the Cowboys were riding high in the nineties. Oh yeah, they were. This guy was probably going town to town, going. No, <laughs> you probably think if she was a flight attendant, it was on a private jet. Maybe, but like, do these? This is what I don't understand about this whole situation. Like, it's not that easy to get pregnant. Like, he had to like go out of his way not to. You know what I mean? Like he, the the real question is, did he tip her after this? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> How many drinks did he have? No, I listen. I think uh, about this all the time, especially being a guy who went through infertility with my wife twice to get our two children. Like when I hear these stories about like a one night stand pregnancy, it's like it blows my mind. Like yeah, you I, can't imagine. It. Like we had to get like sperm and eggs extracted from our bodies and then put together by a doctor and then replanted inside just to have a baby and he just stops this flight attendant in 1995 and all of a sudden they got a daughter but he doesn't think about like this woman could possibly get pregnant 
That's the part I don't understand. He's, ro- it's a, it's a, he's, he's, he's rolling the wheel of, you know, he might be hammered, not thinking about it. He's in the moment. He's like, hey, what are the chances that we got ovulation right now? Probably not good. But then he got screwed. That's what yeah, happened. Literally. But it's like someone like Nick Cannon, I see, with 15 children. Or Tyreek Hill's got a football team at this point, too. <laughs> it's like, how? It's amazing, the fertility of some people. I mean, honestly, Jerry Jones was probably, at that time, you're right. He was probably, it's, those sperm were so cocky at that point <laughs> in his life. It's one thing to dwell on taking it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus, God. Uh, those sperm had just won <laughs> Super Bowls, and they were popping around. Both they were Super Rally, yeah, you know it. Oh, they were, they, they were going to find that egg no matter what, just like they found the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman of sperm were in there. <laughs> there was no chance that Bad. they were going to be rejected. Oh, my goodness. You imagine, I mean, I was just thinking, like, so that was, what, 93, 4, 5, something, right? Yeah, right around there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning is right. Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco back with us. He's got another update on his Feel Good Friday. What's up, Jerry? We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And also brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. We'll get through some of the nuts and bolts before we get to a couple of other odds and ends that we got for you. Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. Yeah, I love that. Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts and odds and ends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, right. yes, it is. <laughs> like it or spank it, odds and ends, nuts and bolts. <laughs> buzz no buzz. Buzz no buzz. Why would you say buzz last night with the Warriors and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson coming to town? Took on the Knicks and wound up beating the Knicks. Chris Paul takes the pass and then knocks down the mid-range jumper. Skillful. And it's back up to a 15-point Warriors lead. Yeah, Warriors led throughout in this game. Knicks made a couple of runs, could never get all the way back. Warriors win 110-99. That was Brian Anderson on TNT with the uh, the jump shot from Chris Paul. Steph Curry did have 31 points and 11 rebounds. Jalen Brunson, 27 in the loss. The Knicks have struggled of late. At least on this night, what could have been done better? Not turn the ball over. Um, Stay confident within myself. And um, not worry about whatever else is happening. Um, just focus on whatever I can do to help the team win. Which he does on a daily basis, as we know, which is why you just got to move on and not worry about it. We're on the Cleveland, for sure. We clearly need to be better. Um, we could definitely learn from our past, but uh, we don't want to dwell on it. Um, because the windshield's bigger. Is that what you said earlier? Windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason, Jerry. <laughs> That's exactly right. We're moving on. Here's Steve Kerr. Brunson's pretty damn good. Do what we could against them. Jalen's such a great player, and he, he's able to get wherever he wants, generally, and, and uh, so crafty in the lane. And um, I thought Moses just did, did a great job of... Uh, just making it as difficult as possible. 27 in the loss. Golden State started the game on a 14-0 run that never looked back. As for the Nets, 
They beat the Hawks 124-97. Cam Johnson at 29. Dennis Schroeder with 23 and 7 assists. The Spurs beat the Thunder 132-118 as Victor Wembanyama had 28 points and 12 boards. And the Lakers over the Wizards in overtime 134-131. Anthony Davis, 40 points, 15 rebounds. Here he was on that 40-point night. I mean, we celebrated. When they're not doubling, I try to be more aggressive. Uh, when they are trying to make the right reads, um, they did a lot of like heavy digs. To try to throw me off, but not throwing him off though. Not when he's shooting 14 of 22 and hitting his LeBron had 31. Washington has dropped 13 in a row. Uh, along the lines of the NBA, you got Shannon Sharp, the Chato Josinko uh, Nightcap podcast, but this was Gilbert Arenas co-hosting with Sharp. Oh, uh, and that no, was all good. He he was recounting a story from Miami when Pat Riley got into a mood. And you remember there was the one day you came in here and you just cleaned everything off to throw this out, get rid of this, let's clean this crap up. Yes. So apparently that was a similar situation in terms of Riley looking at the team, didn't like what he saw. Here was Arenas. On the plane, Pat Riley decided to say, we all going on a diet. Get all the sweets, all the stuff off the plane. Everybody's like, oh, hold on. Uh, you know, those cookies right there is LeBron James. I don't give a who cookies they are. Everything off the plane. So everybody like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> He about to leave there. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the plane takes off and you wonder the, what then happened. Braun comes on. Hey, stewardess, can I get the, uh, the chocolate chip cookies? And they was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't have any more cookies on the plane. He's like, no, 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 they're over there. No, um, Pat Roddy had everything thrown off. Did he know those were my cookies? Yeah, he kind of actually said, I don't I don't care whose cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's looking, trying to keep their head down because they don't want to make eye contact. And right there, yeah. oh, oh, this is personal. <laughs> and apparently they got into it a little bit. Oh, wow. Because supposedly, I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, but that was. Uh, Pat Riley flexing his muscle and get this crap off the plane, which I thought was kind of funny. And then they were also talking about, which I don't have any audio, but apparently Damian Lillard is having a difficult time in Milwaukee, living alone, away from his kids. I guess him and his wife split this year, yes. too. So um, nothing funny there. Just they were discussing that in terms of what he is going through. Though the Bucks did win again last night. They have won uh, four games in a row. Some other some other stuff. The Mets lost to the Marlins 2-1. I'm sorry, but I'll take my shirt off and do some jumping jacks. <laughs> Jose Quintana allowed a couple of runs over an inning and two-thirds. Uh, in terms of what they're going to get out of the outfield, Carlos Mendoza on one. Starling Marte could be the key on what could be a successful season. For sure. This is a talented player. You know, and uh, you just can see it, the way he's moving around and the way the ball's coming off his bat and the bat speed and, and all that. And definitely, I mean, the, you know, I'm excited to watch him play. You better hope so because their pitching kind of stinks. Uh, Mets Cardinals coming up later today. Luis Severino will make the start. Yankees and Marlins played to a 0-0 game. Garrett Cole tonight, Yankees and Blue Jays. We have an update from Penis King. Oh! oh. Remember <laughs> So after, remember we played all these uh, clips yesterday. We played, I read the awful announcing story. Yes. So after seeing the video that awful announcing put up of our show yesterday where we played all of the Al clips, um, Pat Tomasulo from WGM tweeted to me. Oh, did he? Oh, wow. You stuck right in the middle of this. He (sighs) said, uh, you want receipts? (laughs) It'd take me three days to cut that montage. I'm the... I'm the Shakespeare of Schlong. (laughs) (laughs) All along, there's plenty. If you want to go here, Al, it's all you. There's plenty room, plenty of room 
atop Penis Mountain. <laughs> I could be the uh, East Coast Penis, and he could be Midwest Penis. <laughs> Kings, if they want. <laughs> President of the East Coast chapter. We have a meeting in the... Once a year, we'll go out to, like, Las Vegas. We'll just talk about penis. A schlong. <laughs> the best part is you would. <laughs> oh, man. So there you have it. Um, the Rangers, is that guy a sports guy or just a regular? Like a- I believe he's the sports guy for WGN. Oh, okay. All right. He's their Bruce Beck. So, oh, wow. <laughs> Bruce Beck's like, man, how, how old is this? I guy? should have been the king of penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, I don't know how old he is. I would say he's probably late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, so Al's been talking about this a hell of a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, come on. All right, well, I love sausage. <laughs> I guess his sausage. <laughs> sausage. <laughs> I guess his- here's my raw sausage. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> you know what? I take it back. He looks younger than that. Sausage. As a euphemism for a penis, <laughs> Eddie. How's how far back can you go? Can you tell? Uh, well, not really, because they were all entered uh, into this new system in 2014. But there are those that go back to 2007 for sure. Yes, oh, I got to think about him too. With Al, I mean, Al didn't start his radio career in 2007. Right. He was on right. many shows for many years that talked penis. Yeah, we definitely talked penis in 2001, 2002. Ron and Fez show definitely. Yeah, <laughs> long time, man. Very involved. So he <laughs> he joined WGN in 2000 and it did 2005. Oh. He's a sports anchor for the WGN Morning News stand-up comic. Oh, oh! Now he's go. got a podcast, the Penis Podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he and I should do the Penis Podcast. <laughs> you could. Uh, so yes, I, I, he's probably younger than I'm saying. Actually, I'm going to say mid 30s. Probably looks a little younger than uh, mid 30s. He's had that he, job he, since 2005. It's 19 years. Yeah, maybe not. He yeah. looks young. Mid-30s. He hasn't even really gotten involved with problems of the penis yet. <laughs> He's got to be older than that. All right, so maybe mid-40s. All right, fair enough. Yeah, we're all getting old, so you could be very right. Don't What's know. his name again? Pat Tomasulo. Okay. I don't see a Wikipedia page for him. I just saw his LinkedIn page. And it does not say his age, at least not what I saw right then and there. You see the photo? I do see the photo, And yeah. you see why I said mid-30s? He looks young. Yeah, he does look young. He looks like a lawyer in the picture that I'm seeing. Not a stand-up comic? He's 44 years old. Okay. Well, it was quick to find. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Jerry. You're jerking around all over here. <laughs> Actually, he just turned 45 years old. Oh. January 27th. Getting up there. 40, 45 years old. So I got him by 10 years because I'll be 55. Right. So, I mean, that's a Come decade on. of penis. Plus, and, and that's a key decade of penis. 45 to 55, oh, that's yeah. a key. Oh, yes. Though he was probably on it earlier than you were. No doubt, Jerry. <laughs> You were 27. <laughs> 23. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, the Islanders with a good road win last night in Detroit. See if this is it. Barzell poke checked as he's trying to weave his way through a stolen by Nelson and he scores! Oh, the Islanders get a gift and a dangerous man winds up with a puck on his stick and nobody to stop him. Yeah, he would score two goals on the night, part of a 5-3 win over the Red Wings. Matthew Barzell, Casey Sezikis, a goal and an assist apiece. Here was Patrick Wather, head coach, what they did well. Offensively, I thought we were jumping quick on pucks. Defensively, breakout, we were playing north-south, we were or, or south-north, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we were doing really well. 
Um, <laughs> tracking was really good. Uh, really good. It was Barzell. I think what happened is Lou Lamarillo went down there and said, we're going to send all your asses to Edmonton and Winnipeg <laughs> and all these other... Ottawa. <laughs> Let's get moving. Yeah, and then they started playing well. You're not wrong. Uh, here was Barzell. First time all season that the Islanders got an empty net goal. Yeah, just just take the pressure right off. So, there's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been... been Tough, just having a grind out. Man, that was their like first seconds. Yes. goal. Yeah, because even Patrick Wah, oh, wow uh, was told of it. He he wasn't aware. Obviously, hasn't been here all the years. That coach. Yeah. Um. So thought that was interesting. And finally, good old Tracy. I'll leave you with this. Uh, radio station one hundred one point nine. Not us, but the Fox in Australia. The Fox. The Fox from Australia. A beautiful moment on the Fifi, Fev, and Nick show. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, February 29th in Australia, it's a normal thing for a woman to propose to a man. So On every February day, yes. Okay. So every time the 29th comes around, I guess that's a common thing in Australia. I don't know. So they take part in this. I have loved growing with you and learning about you and watching you become the person you are. And I know that who I am is totally because of you. Um, and I can't wait to do this forever. Um, will you marry me? You're joking. <laughs> um, you're joking. Forever? Forever? You, you kidding me? <laughs> God. We've known you for Ow. three weeks. Forever? <laughs> God. <laughs> I haven't even got the third base with you. <laughs> Uh, that's got to be a bit, right? I don't think it was because he apparently felt so bad. The update is he then went back and proposed to her the next day because he felt awful. <laughs> All right, I was wrong there. <laughs> Sorry about that. You just said forever. You got a little caught up on that. But I love you. I think. I think I do. And it's easy to get out of these things these days oh, as long as we man. don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just found out you're kidding. I thought that was so lit. And I couldn't help... You're joking. I couldn't help thinking of Al. Uh, <laughs> like, if, if Gina proposed to him, <laughs> that might be his oh reaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, Yo, would be, that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> that would be amazing. You're joking. What would you do? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem to have an answer for it. I do not have one. Oh, man. Oh, my. It's a good thing you're not in Australia. It's a this past. Good eye. We can talk about it. Boy, women will marry almost anybody. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Right. There's someone out there for everybody. I'm so lovely. I've never been married. All right. Thank okay. you, Jerry. <laughs> It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Bill <laughs> Ford Top Studio. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Shohei Otani announced his marriage out of nowhere on Instagram. The Dodgers were caught by surprise as well. It would have sent some gifts, I'm sure. Uh, he said just uh, as simple as this on Instagram. To all my friends and fans throughout, I have an announcement to make. Not only have I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, but I also have, I'm just reading this, I know it's begun, but I also have began a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me, and I wanted everyone to know I am now married. I'm excited for his what to come, and thank you for your support. 
And then he was asked about it in a uh, media session, and he said that I am not comfortable. I don't really feel comfortable talking about when I got married exactly, but she's a normal Japanese woman, end quote. If this were, I mean, if this was a normal woman, she'd go, what, normal? Is that that the best thing you can say about me? I'm a normal Japanese woman? Is that all I am to you? (laughs) No, no, it's not what I meant. It's just just bad translation. Lost in translation. Maybe she's just, you know, a very private person. She's a normal Japanese. Why would he have to say that? A normal Japanese woman. I I don't know. <laughs> you, you ever maybe, describe... maybe there's something lost in translation there. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Was that in a media session, Alan, said this? And the, some guy translated it right next I to I believe him? so, yeah. Because uh, they had asked the Dodgers, uh, who were also surprised, and they were like, we didn't even, We now we need to get him a gift, but we didn't know this happened. What do you get Shohei Otani as a wedding gift? It's a good question. You know, I mean... That would be a hard one. Yeah, I know. Especially when you just sign into a $700 million contract. I think I'd send them the Breville Air Fryer. <laughs> I like it. It works. It's good. <laughs> Maybe he's got that dog that he loves. Maybe something for the dog. Something like that. Maybe you could send him that farmer's dog. Maybe send him a subscription to the farmer's dog. That would, that would be a good one. Yeah, but I just love... I just, she is a... Like, you had to go out of the way. Like, imagine... <laughs> She's an abnormal Japanese woman, actually. Or if you just said uh, about, like, Ginny, you'd say she's a normal Pittsburgh woman? No, God, I would no, I would never say that. Oh, okay. She'd, she'd, we'd be in a fight for a week. Would you just say a normal Pittsburgh normal, woman? She's a normal Jersey girl? No, you can't say normal. Because, like, like, if you call somebody basic, that's a bad thing like these days. Basic, yeah, you're, you're basic, basic yeah. You're basic. You can't do that. So if you're right. saying normal, you're sort of saying the same thing. It's kind of like you're basic. This is your basic Japanese woman I married. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, ah, you know what? I just figured I'd just marry this basic Japanese woman to keep me on the straight and narrow now that I've gone to L.A. You know, a lot of things could be different with the Dodgers. have been in L.A. I've gone to the Dodgers, got the $700 million contract. Just to get some guardrails on me, I married a normal woman. He definitely caught crap from this woman. There's no way. Uh, normal. Show, show, hey, he looks at his phone. He's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Just picks up the phone. Hello. All you hear is like silence for a couple seconds. Then normal, huh? Mm-hmm. Is that what I am to you? Just normal? Just normal? Was I normal when we took that trip to wherever? <laughs> Was I normal when I did this? Oh, okay. Well, maybe this is somebody that he has been dating for a long time that nobody really knew about. Who knows? It could could be. And, uh, whatever that, I don't... It's just a weird, it's a weird kind of way to announce something. Yeah, and then, like, nobody... I mean, the, the team that you're playing for, that just gave you $700 million that you're in spring training with, had no idea that this was even a possibility. Yeah. Seems a little strange. Yeah, it does. But I guess this is, I don't know, the Japanese marriage traditions must be different because... As I mentioned before, when Hideki Matsui either got engaged or married, he drew a picture of the woman and held it up to the New York press. And you can, you can Google that. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it was honestly one of the sweetest things that you could possibly do. <laughs> How was the drawing? I don't remember the drawing. Um, yeah, here. <laughs> Just All right. You got to see it because you're not uh, going right. to. This is the, we actually tweeted this out back in the day. Oh, we did. Yeah, for years ago. Because when I brought this up, see, not bad. Uh, 
Now, he drew that? Yeah, he drew that. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Oh, that he wow. drew that picture of her. Say, yeah. I have to say that the, uh, the artistic value of that is very good. It is. I remember but when it I... also looks almost like fake, though. <laughs> what do you mean fake? Like, he drew it. I, mean, I know. It's just like on a, a piece like of a, paper, like with a like, pencil. That's all it is. I, don't, I know, but I'm just saying it looks like an anime, right? I mean, yeah. It's, you know, it's not totally lifelike. But it looks yes. like a little bit like a cartoon. Yeah. But I thought that was sweet. I remember when we did, when I brought that up years ago, that then Al and I tried to draw pictures of. No, you know what? There was, was, I don't know if it was here or maybe it was. You and Brian Jones? Yeah, I think we did that. Yeah. We did, tried to draw pictures of our wives. Did not, did, did not go very well. That, I, I am not an artist. I am not even remotely I close. I can't, yeah. I can't draw. My dad was so, like, technically, like, he was an engineer. Yeah. And he was so, like, precise in everything that he did. Like, I am so not that way yeah. when it comes to anything, drawing anything. Uh, like engineering, nothing. yeah, sure, nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you told me to. I mean, I I've drawn some. There, I got to show you a picture when it, Sabrina asked me to draw something. She loves drawing. She's actually got a, a knack for it, even more so than I have now. Like, legitimately, she can she can draw things at six years old better than I can at forty one years old. So she she asked me to draw something, and I'm like, I don't know what to draw. I haven't drawn anything. So I drew a par three. <laughs> Or three. <laughs> that's what came to your yeah. mind? <laughs> yeah, with like, you know, just a little fairway, the tee box, you know, the green is and everything. And it came out looking like a like a penis. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I think could about it. it. Yes. <laughs> I could see it. I could definitely see it. And I was like, I can't. And then I had to like crumple it up. She's like, why are you crumple it up? I'm like, you don't know. Just forget about it. I'll draw. Let me try a boat. Uh, let's go to Jim in White Plains. What's going on, Jim? Hey, guys, how you doing this morning? All right, Jim, Jim what's happening? Good. Look, I, you know, with regard to Shohei, what he was trying to say in, in his culture is that she's not an actress, she's not a singer, she's not somebody famous. Oh. She's just a regular person. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. That, that makes sense to me, Jim. I'm glad that you cleared that up. And then that, that way that this, this woman will not be upset with being called normal. I guess if that's the way it goes in that culture, in yes. that culture, yes, that's <laughs> a normal. <laughs> I mean, there's certain words like, you know, in watching uh, Love Is Blind, this guy called the girl, the woman, clingy, and that just was she was distraught. She starts crying, and I'm like, oh my god. He goes, he goes, you know, the last couple of days you've been a little clingy. She's like. Clingy? Yeah, well, that's is that what you think of me? That's the clingy. Thing. That's a state. That's the face of a stage five clinger. Yeah, is that really? <laughs> is that what you think of me? I'm clingy because I said I love you. I'm clingy. Is that really clingy? You know, and he's like, oh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Doubling down on clingy. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Certain words, man. Certain words get him. Relax. <laughs> it's another one of those words. <laughs> I just relax. No, no, we're not relaxing. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Boomer Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Friday. 
Yeah. As we are in the middle of uh, combine season right now at the NFL, I feel like there are three guys that are getting a lot of attention at the quarterback position. I'll be looking for reasons. that big Phoenix. Right. Mm. Michael Penix being one of them. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy being the other. And Bo Nix. Both three I, guys I, that are outside of Caleb Williams, right? Well, it's yeah. Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Everybody yeah, 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 thinks yeah. that they'll go and, you know, Caleb's going to go one, and then it'll either be Jaden or Drake, two or three. That That's kind of what everybody is feeling right now, or most people are feeling right now. You feel it? Uh, but the other three quarterbacks are also getting a lot of conversation around them, you well, know? Of course, man. And we I, know I just, why. I, I know why, and uh, there are a lot of teams out there that need them. I'm, I was kind of, you know, just scrolling, uh, scrolling through X just to see what fans out there are thinking, and I see a lot of Viking fans that want Michael Penix to be drafted by the Vikings. I see a lot of Steeler fans. I see also a lot of Patriots fans saying draft Marvin Harrison Jr. then dra- trade back into the first round and then go get Michael Penix. Yeah, well, these are fans talking. I know. Right? Listen, but fans know their stuff. I know, but they I mean, let's do. But it's the, 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 do we know what they're the Patriots are actually thinking? You know, like I told you, like I told you last year about Michael Penix in particular, that I had not really seen much of him nor heard much about him, and then I saw a couple of his games, and I was asking Phil uh, about Michael Penix, and then he gave me the whole lowdown that he was the highest recruit going to Indiana, and he blew out his knee, and then they got somebody else, and then he transferred. I mean, like he like knew the whole story. And then I really became interested, and I watched a lot of his games over the last two years. And I, I don't know, I, I think he's incredibly accurate. I, I, I Not too many guys are as accurate as he is. Yeah, and the big thing for him, obviously, the two knocks will be the injuries and how many uh, knee injuries he's had and other things. And then also, championship game wasn't great, but really, can you blame him too much for that? He played the best team in college football uh, if he had torn them up, then that would have been a, a different story. You he know, might be in a top five himself. This is where the individual personal interviews really come in. Well, and the you medical know, records. Right, the medical records, of course. But you know, look, he just made it through two straight seasons playing quarterback in the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, or Pac-12, whatever the hell they call themselves. I it, my, my thing is, is that the last two years, he looked great. He looked fantastic. So whatever injuries he had to deal with, he seemed to bounce back relatively quickly and didn't get injured again. So that's a good thing. But I, you know, this is where you have to sit down, interview these kids, talk to them, find out what kind of guys they are. Yes, go through all the intelligence tests and all the cognitive tests and all that other stuff, and then kind of make a decision as to because I think that a lot of these guys are close. Yeah, I mean, there uh, there's a couple of teams out there that I think are fascinating of what they do when they have said that they have committed to a certain guy and have talked this person up, but you know that they could do better probably. Uh, one of those teams is right here in New York with the New York Giants. When you're talking about this second tier, you know, like what you said about the New England Patriots, okay, you know, draft Michael Penix later in the draft. Well, the Giants could do something like that later in the draft as well if they wanted to bring in another quarterback because I truly believe, I'm going to reiterate this point over and over and over again. If you're going to go down as a general manager and a head coach, you at least want to go down with the guy that you picked. Unless the owner is telling you you're playing with the guy that I want you to go down with. (laughs) Okay, but the owner's going to be the one that fires him. Right, I know. I, I just think that, you know, in this case, the way that this sounds, and I guess tomorrow is going to be quarterback day, 
at the combine, you know, when this when this starts to go down and starts to unfold in April, it's going to be really interesting to see if a team gets a little bit nervous and wants to jump back up into a certain spot to grab one of these kids. You know, that's like I think most people are saying, well, Bo Nix is probably going to be a second rounder. Jay, you know, everybody's wondering why is all this conversation around J.J. McCarthy all of a sudden? Like, what did yeah. he do that really distinguished himself other than winning a championship at Michigan? Sure. Which he did, and he played well, but he didn't have to throw as much as these other guys because Michigan had a great defense. Yeah. I mean, also another one of these teams, too, that would be really interesting to me if they went down that route again is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, so they've got Mason Rudolph, who is uh, a guy that stepped in, played very well for them at the end of the year, who's a free agent. They got Kenny Pickett, who they just drafted a couple of years ago. And Omar Khan came out, the general manager out there, basically did that whole thing about, oh, yeah, we have full faith in Kenny. Same stuff that Joe Shane said about Daniel Jones. But actions speak louder than words. True. And we're going to find out what these guys really think about their quarterbacks in the draft. And this is the time of year where, you know, let's face it, a lot of guys... You know, when I'm just GMs and scouts, this is where they fall in love with a lot of these players. You know, and then you, as you go into the draft, then you start having all the leaks and all the crap that comes out to try to either disparage a guy so maybe he falls lower and then you take him. I mean, that, you know, there's all that kind of crap that goes on here to all the games behind the scenes. But I, I know watching, I probably have watched about, 12 of Penix's games over the last two years. And every single game, he had a great game with the exception of the national championship game. All right, so if you had the, let's just say, 20th overall pick and you needed a quarterback and Michael Penix was still there, using that pick on him? Uh, I would I would definitely consider doing that, yes. What is What is the, I mean, I guess you have to find out how everybody evaluates him, but if a team took him at 10, I wouldn't you think try. that was crazy? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, you look at his numbers, man. He threw for, what, 10,000 yards in two years? Yeah, I mean... It's I just, mean, his numbers are just off the charts. If things go the way that they have in the draft for a number of years, one of those top three guys is going to be a total bust, and one of these other guys that we're talking about is going to be a star. Right. At least, at the very least. So, is it, will it be... Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, that will be the bust? Or will it be, you know, uh, Penix or Bo Nix or McCarthy or who else am I missing in there? Uh, that will be a superstar. So I uh, I cannot wait to see where these guys go. It, you I know, really can't wait to see what the Giants do. I got to say, it's fascinating. And again, watching Penix, I know he's left-handed, so it's hard for people to wrap their head around watching a left-hander throw the ball. But very few... Very few non-spirals. And I think that due in large part to the size of his hand. And the NFL football is a hell of a lot easier to throw than the college football. Yeah, I've heard you say that, which is be really interesting to see Penix throw that NFL football at the combine. Larry in Las Vegas. What's going on, Larry? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Boomer, on the Daniel Jones. I, he seems like he's, you know, he's a smart guy. He fixed the fumbling. He fixed the sliding. The only thing needs to be fixed is his telegraphing his, his throws and looking away. Maybe he can wear those glasses that have the fake eyeballs in them. <laughs> like he's looking the other way. But it's because even in yeah. his interviews, he locks up and he just stares off to space. 
Can't you guys do something to you or uh, Phil Sims can teach him to look to the left while he's throwing to the right? <laughs> you know what? I would say this, Larry. I appreciate it. Um, Daniel Jones got more problems than that. And, and the two biggest problems for him is that two out of the last three years, he didn't make it through the season. And one was a neck injury. And it came back. I think it came back again this year to some point. Yeah. But then he ended up blowing out his knee. Mm-hmm. So he's got to stay on the field. Yeah, that's the biggest thing to fix is durability. And I, what I worry about is worry. I worry about like we're sitting here talking about Michael Penix and his injuries. It seems like he's past those injuries, and the game of football means so much to that kid that he went through all the rehabs, all the you know the twice blown out knees, and having to go through that twice to now ascend to where he's at. That kind of tells you a little something about his character. I sure. Think. I mean, if he ends up having another one of those injuries, is that it for him? Because he said stuff like that in the past about how the second knee injury, it was like, man, do I even want to play anymore? It's 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 definitely rolling the dice with someone who's already got. But we were saying the same stuff about Tua. True. When he came out, lefty as well. And he had his uh, he had that whole hip uh, injury and, and surgery. Yeah. And he had the high ankle sprain surgery. Whatever that. Then he had was. the concussions during playing right. a couple years ago, and then he came back last year, played seventeen games, played great, was in the uh, the MVP conversation probably until the last month of the season. Yeah, and worked on his lower half, and you could see that he was bigger. I uh, interviewed uh, Alec Ingold. He was uh, their their fullback from Miami, and I was asking about he two was, goes, wasn't he? He was their um, representative for the Walter man of the Bain, year. Man of the yes, year. yes, yeah. great, great guy, man. Oh my God, you talk about unbelievably educated, smart, understands what's going on. Uh, loves his coach Mike McDaniel and loves his quarterback. He couldn't say he couldn't have gushed more about either one guy. You know, either guy. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and he was uh, featured prominently on Hard Knocks. You could see how they love him in that locker they room. They do. Too. Absolutely love that. And, guy. you know, the, I asked him about, you know, game plan day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come in there and you get the game plan for the game that you're getting ready to play at the end of the week. Yeah. And, you know, these, the amount of surprises that Mike McDaniel has for guys, like just the different things that keep things fresh. Uh, this is what you're doing this week, by the way. Yeah, his off season has to be his his wife, Mike McDaniel's wife, has to be like, oh god, like we got to go through another off season where things fell apart. Because remember, the previous year they lost, lost every game in December. You know, lost to a Skylar Thompson was played the playoff game and they lost that to the Bills. Then this year they fell apart again too. Had a whole bunch of injuries on defense. That's right. And they, you know, ended up. I mean, they were tracking to a, a two seed, maybe even a one seed, and they fell apart. And that is, is a, a team that needs home field advantage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to uh, Pete in Brooklyn. What's going on, Pete? Hey, good morning, boys. Hey, what's, what's happening, up, Pete? Hey, Boom, do you think the league took notice of, you know, the whole San Francisco 49er situation the last couple of years where they chased the shiny penny with Trey Lance, they traded up, gutted draft picks, it blew up in their face, and they actually did pretty darn well with Mr. Irrelevant in the sixth round? Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that um, because, you know, Anthony Richardson came out of nowhere. Now, he was a great athlete, don't get me wrong, and so was Trey Lance, by the way. Mm-hmm. But when you see Anthony Richardson up close and personal, like, oh, my God, this is like the next coming of uh, Josh Allen. Cam Newton, maybe. Cam Newton, well, whatever. But, I mean, big, strong athlete that right. can run like the wind, and you can build an offense around him, and Shane Steichen can build that offense, as he did around Jalen Hurts, 
who probably is not the same type of athlete as Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is on another planet when it comes yep. to that. Yep. So I don't necessarily know, trying to answer that question directly, that the NFL has learned anything. They want the best athletes and the best players and the most committed players that they possibly can find at every position. But more so, those attributes really count for the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, I say it all the time, he was an out-of-nowhere guy. We were saying it at that time. And I, I don't know how many times we talked about them losing out on the Trevor Lawrence pick when they beat the Rams and all our focus went to Justin Fields and how we were going to watch him. And then it turned out to be Zach Wilson. Uh, super rookie in the Bronx. What's going on, super rookie? Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, you're very welcome. What's happening, super rookie? All right, I've been working with the Transit Authority now for over 29 years, and let me tell you something. This congestion pricing, it's nothing but a farce, my friend. Oh, yeah, we know. I mean, we know we've been railing against it. So why? give me some reasons why you believe from the inside it's a farce. Okay, well, let's put it this way. Only 2% of the revenue that's brought in by the New York City Transit Authority actually goes to the TW Local 100 members that are the actual workforce of the Transit Authority. 2%. So where's the other 98% going? Okay, well, you have 33% of that going to their, their debt that they collected for over the years, and the transit system's been over for 100 years. Their infrastructure's been crumbling, but the useless spending that they've been doing and the people that have been, been receiving money from the transit authority that never should have gotten it, they're the ones that it's misappropriation of the funding. How else can they fix this this problem where this thing is just a total black hole where money gets poured into and you can never get out of the debt, never get out of their issues? Gio, I hear what you're saying, but it's not a black hole. A black hole is, uh, is, is a form that will never end. It's more, I equate it to it in an abyss. It's an abyss where sooner or later the bottom has got to come up and, you know, somebody's going to see the light. What's going on is that nobody opens up the Transit Authority books. They don't even know which set of books they're using. <laughs> so they have no clue. And then we have people within the organization and we have politicians who claim that they're, they, they're there for the, the working class people to help them. But in other words, they're the same ones that are taking the money from the Transit Authority. Wow. I mean, so what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Mayor Adams and what he's telling you? Okay, first of all, Mayor Adams stood up there at, at one of our functions and told us that he was one of us. That, you know, he's, he's one of us and he gave us PPE when we were going through COVID. That was a flat out lie because he didn't come into the transit. He didn't come into the mayor until 2022 and COVID started in 2019. Well, 2020. Well, well, actually, believe it or not, Boomer, it started in 2019 in December because I was screaming on top of my lungs that the New York City Transit Authority wasn't providing us with proper PPE, which is property protect. Uh, uh, personal yeah, personal protection. protection yes, yes, we know. And we were screaming for about that from the beginning. I even sent a letter mm. to the Transit Authority in regards to that matter, and we were told that we couldn't wear masks at that time. You know, Super Rookie, you are right, because I do remember us calling my son Gunner in regards to me getting sick and us getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I think that was either in December or January before we had the full-on hit of COVID here. That is correct. Correct. And yes. if you remember, Cuomo sit there and he, he turned around, went to the Nourishell and, and shut it down because one of the outbreaks started in Nourishell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was patient zero was up there. All right, so is is there anything that can stop... 
congestion pricing from happening? It's very simple. If the people start paying their fares, because the whole thing here is in the transit system alone, the fares are not being collected. People are walking on the trains and the buses, and that's lost revenue. And the transit authority knows about it. I equate that to the same as steroid use in the Major League Baseball when it was rampant. It is rampant within the transit system. Nobody's doing nothing about it. The transit authorities claiming that they're doing this and they're doing that, but they're not. We have a group, a division called the Eagle Squad that is supposed to be out here to enforce the fares. They're never around, especially in the Bronx, where our pension is based on a fare box. <laughs> wow, it's kind of interesting. So instead of, uh, let's see this. So the people underground are not paying their fair share. So let's stick it to the people above ground. Right. And then on top of that, you know, we're sitting there and it's amazing how they come across all these millions of dollars. I'm talking about the mayor himself for the migrants, but they can't turn around and come up with millions of dollars to help the infrastructure, the transit authority, so that people wouldn't have to pay the congestion pricing. Yeah. Preach, and super rookie. Alone, preach. It's going to kill the businesses in lower Manhattan. We have a depot in Quill, in Quill Depot named after one of our founding fathers that we have members that actually work out of there, and they have to pay to go to work. Yeah, super rookie. This is, uh, this is thank you for calling for the information and presenting it in a way that was uh, able to, everybody should be able to understand. And it is, yeah, I mean, the situation is as bad as it gets. And then when you do make that comparison, some people say it's not apples to apples. I believe that it is when you're talking about funding and, and the, the hotels and the food and the the migrant crisis that's going on here in New York City and then you know people who are driving into work getting banged left and right by the city just to be able to come in here and work with congestion pricing. I mean, you just feel like a sucker. You feel like a total, total sucker-ass sucker. Sucker-ass like. sucker. I like that. Yeah, that's what you feel like. I mean, when I'm going to be paying that congestion pricing, when that starts, when whatever, it's going to, every time that I come into the city and my tires hit the pavement in Manhattan, I'm going to be thinking, sucker-ass sucker. That's what I am. Sucker-ass sucker. Yep, that's what it is. Total disaster. Total disaster. It's amazing, because if you if you do follow some of the stuff and some of the spending that New York City does and what they spend it on, I mean, you know, you're talking billions of dollars for non-citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just it's going to be another black hole or an abyss, as Super Rookie pointed out. That's right. Yeah, and it just it goes on and on and on. And these are people that you vote for that you'd like to think that they're going to be following the policies that make the most sense, and none of this stuff makes any sense. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Real quick, Greg and Paramus. Greg, what's happening? Hey guys, what's going on, man? What's okay. up, Greg? I want to take you back on my colleague's comment about MTA. I, too, work for MTA. Been there for 35 years. And um, first of all, this congestion pricing thing is a scam. The politicians created this. If you go on 8th Avenue, you have six lanes that have now been truncated down to two lanes. You got the bike racks, the city bike racks, another farce. Then now you have the bike lanes. Then now you have a, a parking lane that can only park two or three cars. So now, what do you think is going to happen? 14th Street. You can't even drive on 14th Street. Congestion pricing. So you want the workers, the people who built this city, to actually pay for your financial albatross. That's insane. As far as the mayor being one of us, no, you're not. You're just another politician trying to milk the working class of New York City. 
Yeah, isn't the MTA also run by the governor? Uh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. When the governor says he's coming to take, let's we'll say, exam of the control center, he tells us. So now, oh, let's clean this up. Let's fix this. Don't tell us you're coming. Just pop up. It's a sham. Is what, and my colleague was right about the sets of books. Oh, which set of books we put this in? Book A or book B? The workers of MCA are not being protected at all. We had a conductor the other day who almost had his head cut off while we're doing his job. But the subways are safe? No, they're not. So how, all right, who, who can fix it and how? Well, first of all, you know what? This place needs an enema. Clean house. You can't get rid of everybody, but they need an independent arbitrator to come take a look and clean up because the problems are there. You can't help but see it. Yeah, you know, we also have we had, we also had problems with the New York City Housing Authority, Authority yeah. NYCHA. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So anything Governor, that New York State government or New York City government gets involved in seems like it becomes it a problem, right? Yep. No, it's like um, the movie. Well, I forgot the name of the movie, but they say the right things they want to hear, or the people want to hear, mm-hmm. so they can get voted into office. Was in the office? Oh well. Talk to you in four years. Oh well. Oh, that's right. The fares are going up. Yeah, for infrastructure. Wait a minute. Didn't you just get some money from the federal government? This umpteen billions of dollars. What happened to that money? And that's the question that people don't ask. It's misappropriation of funds. There you go. Yeah, listen, Greg, thank you for the call. Yeah, I mean, I... People are frustrated, man. People are getting frustrated and getting angry. I might dedicate my life to this, getting in those MTA books. What do you think? <laughs> oh, you don't want to get into those books. You don't. Sir, <laughs> bend over. <laughs> right. Yeah. When is it supposed I mean, to start it's again? Soon, right? I mean, it is just... It, it is just such a mess, and there's so much bureaucracy and so many people that are working in government, and it's layers and layers and layers and layers of people. Yep. And who gets screwed? The Well, the working the working person. Right. Who's right coming in. Actually goes in, pays his taxes, right. pays her taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you take uh, you know public transportation or you drive your own car and you pay for parking. You probably don't want to be working here, but you're doing it, and you're here. Because <laughs> you have no And now, now the MTA has turned you into a sucker-ass sucker. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Quick break. Get Jerry in here in just a couple of minutes. Let me tell you. You're my little boo thing. So I'll give a hoot what you do. Say, girl, I know you a little too tight. I'll be shooting that shot like 2K, girl, I know. Boomer and Geo on this Feel Good Friday on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Coming in for a landing on this Friday morning. Uh, Al and Eddie just had about 65 people in the control room. I don't know what that was about. It was I, just, tremendous. I just said to Boomer, I was like, I just really hope they do not come in here. I do not have the energy <laughs> to pretend that I care. No, so uh, Ivan from 1010 Wins was walking around these uh, students of uh, you know, they're like communications majors from all around the country that were here for some sort of. I don't know what they were doing. The Barrett there. Sports Media uh, Conference? Not that, but something oh. like that. They said, uh, he said, uh, do you guys have any advice for these young students? And then he gave them the old, well, oh, if you want to drive a Honda oh, Civic for the rest of your life. Oh, you're a oh, one-trick Eddie, pony, for God's sake. The one girl's face, she would like, she made just this distorted, like... <laughs> yeah. but, but it went over well with 90% of the audience. Oh, okay. So yeah. you got a laugh? Got, oh, yeah. You get a laugh. He said, if you want to, you know, Honda Civic, he goes, if you want a Lamborghini, not so much. <laughs> oh, Eddie. 
unbelievable. <laughs> your dreams are terrible. Your dreams are going to die. Get in some other business, please. Can I interest you in independent yarn dyeing? Because <laughs> that's where the moolah really is, children. You know what? I mean, he does have a wealth partnership that he works with. Yeah. What's funny is like we were all looking for advice as youngsters, and we all got the advice of don't do this. And we're all doing pretty good for ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I, I never got that advice. To not yeah. do it? Yeah. Never once. No, I, I did all the time. From home. Really? Uh, Bob Gelb was one of them. Oh, he's Mr. Misery. That's well, why. He I said, expect. No, he, was, no he, he said something along the lines of, like, it's easier to get into the NBA than it is to be a full-time talk show host on WFAN. I mean, he may be right about that. Like, statistically, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it was, like, one of those things. Uh, that was when I was, like, first here as a producer. You know what I would have done? Anybody would have said that to me. I would just kick them right in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. You All kick right. them in the nuts and you move on. And then he did the Honda Civic thing to me as well. You know? Another one of my things was during the internship. So I, I assume you want to be on, on the air. And everybody, 98% said yes. And I said, of course. Nobody wants to be the next Eddie's Casari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom and dad were at a wedding when I was going to school to want to be on the radio, and there was a guy DJing the wedding who worked at CBS FM. So my mom was like, oh, we'll talk to him about my son wants to be in radio. And I still have his in, his uh, business card, and on the back he said, do not do this. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? That's amazing. Uh, I will say that we, we, the five of us, are pretty lucky. We've made it to... Uh, number one morning show in New York City. It's great, and uh, but it's taken a while for us to get here for different reasons. Uh, you guys were a little bit more focused on this than I was. I had a little bit of a distraction in my life early on, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, nobody was going to tell me I couldn't do something. Sure, yeah. The the famous story I tell about my bass teacher up at Ithaca when I told him I was transferring out of music education and going into radio. He goes. Well, that's not going to work out for you, is it? His <laughs> exact line. That is fascinating. Henry yeah. Newbert was his name. Well, that's not going to happen. My guidance counselor at Jersey City State College said, you know what the great thing about it is? There's no cap on what you can make. Like, he was so positive. He goes, you're not going to make much to begin, but you never yeah, know but where they, it could but go. But the point, you never know. That's right. right. Look at you. Now you got Reco Sports. Right. And you've, you've branched out into many different areas. You had a school once. I did. Well, yeah, not I a mean, school. But, but yeah, you did a lot of stuff. I like doing stuff, yes. When, when you had that school, did you give out diplomas? It wasn't a school. Uh, we did do certificates, yes. You did? Yes. Certificates of completion? That's correct. Just a certificate of completion. That is right. I'm just picturing you bopping in here going, there's no cap on what I can make, and then running into Chernoff. No! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Think twice. <laughs> Stop that. I will tell you, when I was a part-timer, I did think... Who needs to be on air being like the Mike and the Mad Dog producer or board op? That would be awesome. Or like Lou in the morning. And then when he pulled me in and told me I was going to be full-time board op producer for Joe Beningo, I was very excited. Remember, I asked my father, what do you think I should ask for? Like, what's a good number? He told me. Mark passed the number over. I almost fell over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Did it start reality. with a one? Uh, no, but it wasn't far off. It started with a two and a very low number after that. Matter of fact, it wasn't a number after that. It was big fat zero. Oh. Yeah, my That's first. About right. Yeah, my first. It was two thousand and seven, February two thousand and seven. I was hired full time to be the Wednesday through Sunday uh, night board op, and that was twenty six thousand dollars in two thousand and seven. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I got drafted in nineteen eighty four. Got a signing bonus for six hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
yeah. It is funny, though, talking about these numbers. But, you know, the thing about it is now, I, I, you know, if I were about 40 years younger, you'd be making I'd be $60 making, million. Dollars. I wouldn't be working with and you And you wouldn't guys. be here, no. That's exactly right. But we talk about these salaries. Like Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco the other night were talking about young men making a lot of money very quickly. And they're like, you know what it's like to get a $650,000 check every Monday? Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Not at all. But that's their yeah. world. That's yep. their world now, yeah. Which is unbelievable. Uh, do we get paid today, by the way? Is anybody paid We today? did, yeah. Okay, nice. Must Good. be nice not to know or care. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, I check. It's got to be there, man. I always love, I always like to do that to Jerry. Jerry, we get paid today? <laughs> I did that on purpose because Alan and I just talked about this, about how, how you react to that. Oh, because he's, he's living, so those two in there with no kids and no responsibilities, it's, it's a different world. No, that's I good don't. for them. <laughs> Great. Uh, man, hopes and dreams, you're a killer, Eddie. <laughs> you are a killer. Right, and you guys say that I'm the pessimist. It ain't me. I'm just living in the real world. He's the dream killer. No, he definitely is. And do something else. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I said if you want to do this, just understand the economic realities. <laughs> is that why Ray Martell was out there? Is that like <laughs> was he the mascot for radio? <laughs> <laughs> we present to you Ray Martell, <laughs> who left to sell washing machines for about three years and somehow had to come back here. Right, he ran away from Mike. <laughs> Here's the advice. Marry money. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Speaking of that, did you see the story of the Mexican man who got married? He has money. He was marrying a woman that he was, seems like, very much together with, and she was not a gold digger or anything. But his family thought she was and did everything to sabotage the wedding. They even hired guys to throw red cans of paint on her as she walked down the aisle. Really? Why? Because they thought she was a gold digger. But there's got to be something else to it. Well, just that they were a family of wealth. She was not. They didn't want their son marrying a common folk, if you will. Mm. Very brutal story, but they did end up getting married. She went home, got changed, and they got married. (laughs) They got changed. (laughs) It's a go-home stain on me now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, We are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Also brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Warriors beat the Knicks 110-99. Has not been a good run for the Knicks. Uh, Steph Curry had 31 last night. Knicks have dropped seven of their last nine. They're now 35-25. and Jalen Brunson, 27 in the loss, says we move on. We will be okay. Keep our spirits up. Keep our confidence up. Um, Knowing that we all really work hard individually to be confident and then um just come in the next day be ready to go and um just keep trusting each other just keep chipping away and um can't hit home runs all the time just keep hitting singles all true but they do need to get some guys back og ananobi was cleared to shoot was on the court yesterday but no contact yet and julius randall still not sure when he will be back um jonathan kaminga had 25 in that game Uh, as for the nets they beat the hawks 124 to 97 29 for cam johnson he was 10 of 15 from the floor, 7-4-11 from three. Nets hit a bunch of threes in this game. Also of note, you had the Spurs beat the Thunder because that was the Wembenyama game against Holmgren. 28 points, 12 rebounds for Wembenyama as the Spurs won by 14, just their 12th win of the season. And the Lakers backed up their win over the Clippers by beating the Wizards in overtime, 134-131. Anthony Davis and LeBron James combined for 71 points in that game. 
Washington has dropped 13 in a row. I want to get to some of the football here because you have uh, one, Xavier McKinney, on the Pat Leonard podcast. Uh, obviously, we know there's been some thought that the Giants could use the franchise tag on him. Who knows where he will be, if he's going to stay here or not. But it certainly does not sound like he wants to leave anytime soon. I'm one of them guys. I like staying uh, you know, on the same team like uh, in my career. Um, you know, That's something... You know, even when I went to Bama, like I never thought about transferring. Um, I'm a guy that you know I'm 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 loyal to the soil. Loyal to the soil, yeah. All right, well, Alabama and the New York Giants the last couple of years, very very different. You know, I, the the thing is though, if I'm these guys, <clears throat> I want to get the free agency, man. I do. I want to see. I want to see what other opportunities there there are out there for me. And you know, if like I'm Saquon Barkley, I mean, God dang it, I want to go somewhere where I can win. Understood. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I would be thinking if I were him, especially when you know that the money is is what is going to be at that position. It's like, let's just have some fun, for God's sakes. Then at the Combine, Drake May and J.J. McCarthy spoke a little while ago. Um, here was May on his interaction with the giant coaches in the front office down there. Yeah, it was, it was good in there. You know, meeting with um, you know, Coach Dave Ball, big fan of him. You know, offensive mind, one of the best. Um, so just getting there, getting to know those guys. You know, know Mr. Shane. So uh, it, was, it was good in there. It was good in there. He also was talking about knowing Sam Howell and Daniel Jones and growing up in Charlotte, what it was like and uh, excited for the opportunity that's ahead of him. As for J.J. McCarthy, he also met with the Giant coaches and, of course, Joe Shane. What he took from his time inside with them. I really loved how, you know, I drew up a play that, you know, I could run against or run in every situation, third down, fourth down, first and second, all that good stuff. And then, you know, the coaches were kind of changing my verbiage and making it their own. It was really nice to kind of, like, get a feel of, you know, what that offense would be like. And it was actually a lot more simple, so it was good. Are they done with all the exercise, all the um, the, the, the ep- that's tomorrow. exercises no, no, they that's do? that's tomorrow. The quarterbacks go tomorrow. But the right, but they had. I'm, I'm talking about the long jump and the sprints. And That's all that. tomorrow. Even for so they got to do all that stuff too. Not yeah, just go. if they're if they're Jeez. participating. I think they're. I think almost all the guys, with maybe the exception of, I don't know if May is participating in that in the drills. Mm. I know that Caleb Williams is not uh, participating in any of the drills. And did it say he wouldn't take a physical? Yeah, or something like that. First yes. one ever to not a, go through the medical evaluation. That is odd. Uh, reports say the Vikings have told running back Alexander Madison that he will be released. Reports say a judge has ordered Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to submit a DNA test in a paternity lawsuit brought by a woman that is claiming to be his daughter. More on that in just a moment. Spring baseball coming up today. Mets and Cardinals. Luis Severino makes the start for the Mets. You got the Yankees and the Blue Jays tonight with Garrett Cole starting for the Bombers. The Islanders beat the Red Wings 5-3. to three. Brock Nelson, a couple of goals, giving him 27 on the season. Last hour, we were talking about the first uh, empty net goal of the season for the Isles. Here was Patrick Waugh, who seemed like he couldn't believe it. Like I said, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Told you but, I mean, it was great, great play by our guys. I mean, we were strong in, 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 you know, in the corners. We compete well, and, and the puck came out, and great patience by, by Simon on, on that play to give a Pierre the, the empty. Yeah, what I really want to know, though, is could he believe it? <laughs> I know. I that would be the thing. I uh, thought you clipped that part out. <laughs> by the way, uh, <laughs> I have to do it every time. Uh, by the way, I was thinking about the Caleb Williams medical evaluation thing, and my brain shot back to, like, middle school. 
where, because I was thinking, why wouldn't he want to do it? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, like, reasons why he wouldn't want to do it. And my brain went back to middle school scoliosis tests. Did you guys have to do this? Oh, of course. Where you'd line up and you'd take your shirt off in front of your classmates. You had to stand in front of the gym teacher. How humiliating was that? Now, I was a porky kid, too. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take my shirt off in front of all my classmates and see me jiggling so the gym teacher could check out my spine. (laughs) What the hell was that? I hope they still don't do that. I don't know. I mean, and if you had scoliosis, wouldn't you Wouldn't you be able to tell with the shirt on? My guess, too, would be in this day and age, you're not taking your shirt off in front of everybody. I mean, what the hell was my, that? My guess would be you're not taking your shirt off in front of your, your uh, gym teacher anymore. Oh, yeah. I no mean, more. But, the, like, you'd step in front of go, yeah, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> Just looking at your spine? Yeah. I mean, has, has anybody been diagnosed by with scoliosis by their gym teacher in sixth grade? Like, what the <laughs> hell? You know what? I don't. Why they st- Why they stop at scoliosis? Why did they just do a colonoscopy? <laughs> These kids were at gym class since you're bent over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, what the hell? Let me check for lumps in your thyroid. I mean, what was that? This why? guy's got gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> why did we have to do the scoliosis test? They were looking out for our health. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like if you uh, if you did have some sort of sexual disease and you knew you had it, but you didn't want it to be like found out by the doctors at the NFL or something. You know what I mean? Like if you had something that you didn't want to share with anybody. Yeah, but would that come up on the medical records of herpes? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. At some point, he's going to have to take a physical. Well, yeah. he will for the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Bears only. Maybe they're, he's got a reason for not <laughs> so doing it. They draft him. He got gonorrhea. They're not giving him back. They drafted him. Do the blood work. HIV positive. Oh my god! <laughs> what happens then? He plays. <laughs> I mean, my lord. Yeah. Uh, All right. Time now for moment of the day. Brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> uh, we obviously just told you about the paternity test for Jerry Jones. He's being ordered to take it to see if he's the father of this 26 year old woman. Geo can't seem to understand how easy it is for some couples to get pregnant. I get that, sure. And Al doesn't get how guys will have sex and not think about the possibility that it could happen. He doesn't think about, like, this woman could possibly get pregnant? That's the part I don't understand. He's rolling the wheel of, you know, he might be hammered, not thinking about it. He's in the moment. He's like, hey, what are the chances that we got ovulation right now? Probably not good. But then he got screwed. That's what happened. <laughs> Literally. But it's like someone like Nick Cannon, I see, with 15 children. Or Tyreek Hill's got a football team at this point, too. It's like, how? It's amazing, the fertility of some people. I mean, honestly, Jerry Jones was probably, at that time, you're right. He was probably, those sperm were so cocky at that point in his life. (laughs) It's one thing to dwell on taking it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus, God. Those Kermit just won the Super Bowls and they were popping around. Both they were super rally. Yeah, you know it. Oh, they were, they, they were going to find that egg no matter what, just like they found the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman of sperm were in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Moment of the day. Have a great weekend, guys. Who would have ever thought that we would have gotten to that point after the way that you started this morning's program? Yeah.
Well, I, I told you, I needed to lance it like a boil. I had to get it out of me. I did, and here we are, 15 minutes away from being released into our wonderful weekend mm, on this Feel I, Good I Friday. I just wish those kids were still in here for that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, you know, the other side to that, Eddie, is they can listen to that, <laughs> laugh, and be like, you get paid to do this? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Truth. Yeah, 100%. And then Eddie say, not a lot. We're <laughs> 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 in Geo coming to you live uh, from the Built Ford Duff Studio. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network on this Feel Good Friday. We were just talking more about scoliosis in the break and how wacky that was. But it was wacky for me in school because I didn't know anybody who had scoliosis or, or it was just never a thing. No one got diagnosed with scoliosis. But Eddie's telling me he remembers during his school. Like, so how, what are we, 20 years apart, Eddie? We 19 years apart, something like that? Say, yeah, 17. All right, 17 years apart. So in, in that, it was more of a thing when he was in grade school and it was I. He remembers people uh, with back braces and stuff. Yeah, but, I don't really remember that much. I just remember that I had to get under a desk when the fire alarm went off because we were getting like... Uh, oh, yeah. Like the atom bomb was going to get dropped on us. Like at East Islip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I remember my mom used to tell me about that and she would she went to school in the city. Um, so I could understand that, but out in East Islip, I don't think, I don't think there was, oh, yeah, some... it was just a thing that, you know, public education, you had to do it. You had right. to go through all the, uh, the gyrations and all the practices. And Remember the lice case. test? The lice test. The nurse yep. would look at your hair to see if you had lice. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> what a weird, that's just weird now thinking about it. Uh, is lice still a thing? Yep. Kids still have lice? Yep. Yes. Really? Yep. I didn't, I mean, I, I have not, Sabrina, I mean, I'm asking you, I've got the young kids now, I have not, lice has not been a thing, they get everything else, they get sick. But you it, know could, it could be a thing, though, it could end up being a thing, you just gotta, gotta be on top of it, that's all. You know, if it is a thing, it's not a big thing to get rid of. Yeah, 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 probably, CeeLo's probably had lice in his house, he's got everything else in there, you know? Probably. I actually feel like I recall there being a lice in the school situation. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, yeah, well, definitely, 100%. No, with CeeLo, though. Oh, yeah, with CeeLo. CeeLo. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, yes. <laughs> I don't know where he lives. CeeLo. I don't know what germs there <laughs> took you. over that town, boy. Yes. They do not <laughs> let anybody off the hook. Uh, Lou in Massapequa, what's going on, Lou? Hey, how you doing? What's yeah, up, man? I'm about your age, Gio, and uh, I remember that waiting in line. And I was a skinny thing, so you could see my rib cage and probably my spine pretty well. And I remember the uh, gym teacher looking at my back, putting his finger along my spine. And eventually, he, I guess he, they sent a letter home telling me I had to get it checked out by a doctor. And so my mom takes me to this orthopedic, and he has me do the same thing, bend over, touch my toes. And he's just shaking his head. He goes, you don't have scoliosis. You just have bad posture. <laughs> oh, see? Yeah, <laughs> so he had these... <laughs> Yeah, that gym teacher was probably, he wanted someone with scoliosis. All those years, he wanted to be the one who found it and saved somebody's life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> the guy was just like, you know, you got to stand tall like a Marine. That's it. And so my mom was pretty pissed. She had to pay a copay for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think the problems that you guys had is he was a skinny kid. You were a fat kid. Yeah. And you were standing in a line of other kids with your shirt off. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that was, basically what it comes down to. That was horrible. It was traumatizing for me. I mean, if I had... Uh, any sort of self-confidence the way I looked back then, I wouldn't have given a crap, but I was I was miserable. And I remember like vividly, because Al was talking about how he got the scoliosis test, and you'd go in front of the teacher, and then they'd say, take your shirt off and, and bend down and do whatever you had to do. 
I have vivid rem- memories of the gym teacher. Like, listen, we got to get through this. So everybody line up and have your shirts off already. Yes. So we can, go, we can pump these out one at a time. So I just remember standing in a line shirtless with all of my you know, male classmates <laughs> with my, my little hairless male boobies <laughs> hanging there. <laughs> pig. It's just horrible. Like trying to like cover up and God. It's just miserable. <laughs> there's, there's, a skull. Like, there's a guy like me over there. I go, yeah. come on, let's yeah. go. All right, yeah. Take your shirt off. Who cares? Oh. You're fat. Everybody knows it already. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't bullied or anything, were you? No, no, no. No, I was probably more of a jerk to... You probably people. were a little snapper head. I could, I could just imagine yeah. you just being like a little troublemaker. No, but I mean, it still was like I just, I didn't. I, like, you don't want to like, having your shirt off in school in front of your classmates is like a nightmare thing. Like you know, you, you ever have the one where you show up without your shoes to school or something like that? You're missing something. You're naked in school. Like that's what that's like a nightmare. Yeah. By the way, I had a, I, I had a dream I had to kill Brandon Tierney because he turned into a zombie. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> All right. Did you see the show Last of Us, where they uh, turn into the clickers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he turned into a clicker, and I had to shoot him. Yeah. We are unkillable. <laughs> there you go. You're not, you're not I was like, him, I was so sad about it because, uh, like, I started to see him turn. You know, yes. we were talking about what they were open with on BT and Sal. You know, and I was like, you guys have been doing a lot of baseball, and he was like, he was like, really? And he was like. <laughs> Oh no! And I had a, I had a gun on me. I was like, "No, I'm sorry." <laughs> Blew his head off. Yeah, and you, know, and you know what that's from? That's from you driving home, listening to them. That's where that's coming. A hundred tabs of acid. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and I woke up, and I was, it was so like real. I was like, I got to not see Brandon for a while because it was like so real to me. But you got to stop listening to them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I do. Maybe I need a break. I'll listen on my way home to something else. A little, little music on the Feel Good Friday. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 